He's so nondescript. They just wanted to u- use your imagination like Mr. Big. He's a concept. Like, I yeah. <laughs> Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Folan. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming and pop music as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Today we are yeeing through Sega's 1990 <laughs> orgasm of creativity, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Sega Genesis. Emulation disclosure to start. Jay, how did you play this video game? I played this through Kega Fusion through my PC with the standard Sega Genesis controller. Yeah. Word. Fusion on my PC as well with the proprietary six-button OG arcade stick piped in via USB adapter. Please rate and review the podcast if you like the shit that we're doing, if you like this episode, if you just want to be kind. Be part of the ISOH movement. Give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of a rate and review, and we'll, re- we'll read it here on the pod. What are we jamming on now before we discuss Michael Jackson? What are you jamming on now, Jay? Josh, I have to tell you. Since the last time we recorded, it has just been a retro video game heyday <laughs> over here through Game Pass. Dude, okay, so first and foremost, what we have to talk about is Pac-Man Museum Plus. You see it behind me. This is my arcade. If you ever, if you're like me and you grew up in the 80s and you started with Pac-Man, have any affinity for Pac-Man, you will absolutely love this game. And, you know, we talked before how when my parents came to visit before, I found an old Pac-Man, you know, through the Xbox game store and just bought it for like a couple bucks, had fun with the parents, you know, great time, no big deal. Because I was just original Pac-Man, no, nothing fancy. This game, when I heard that this game was coming to Game Pass, I kind of just assumed, all right, it's going to be Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Junior Pac-Man, which is one of my favorites, and then like Pac-Mania, hopefully, that was on the NES, because I'm like, oh, I hope this, you know, I can't wait to play it. This is so much more than that. I can't even, like, first of all, it doesn't have Pac, it doesn't have any of the other Pac characters in terms of playable. So it does not have Miss Pac-Man or Junior Pac-Man. So I was kind of bummed, but it has like, sure, I'm 100% sure. sure. I have, it has like 13 other games starting with the original one. But like games I've never heard of or played before, some that I've seen, including Pac-Mania, which I loved. And they are also different and also amazing. Like just, and I'm not even talking about Pac-Man was like my favorite game. Like, yes, it was like one of the first games I ever played. So like I have that, you know, nostalgia respect for it, but like, I'm not pining away to play Pac-Man. However, <laughs> these other versions make me want to play it. And I played it so much. A lot going yeah. on in that picture there. All right. So part of the, part of the exciting thing about this is that it has, animal crossing vibes to it where <laughs> you start your you have you have your arcade like you have basically a very basic plain arcade and you can play all of these games all of these various different pac-man games that have been released from you know 1970s through 2015 and once you actually play the games and unlock things and do better and get better scores 
and kind of like 100% some games, you unlock different cabinets, different cabinet features, different wallpapers, different characters start coming to visit your arcade. So it's, it's you by yourself and then like different characters like come. So now they're like walking around your arcade and you get to like decorate and change it. And so I, I'm not, you know me, I'm not one of those people who's like big on decorating and things within games, but like I found myself like, oh, I locked that character sweet. Like I can't wait. I need another pack in time, like cabinet. <laughs> Let me add that, you know, just so it's like I have, it's like the game within the game. And then when you walk up to each cabinet, like it actually shows you the games that are on that cabinet, like actual screenshots as you're walking by. So it's just, it's really well done. Several of these newer versions of Pac-Man are multiplayer. So like I've played with the kids, they're like four player. There's like a battle royale version that was released in 2011 that you can play at like your local Dave and Buster's or GameWorks or something. That one's in here. There's like a you know pack in time where it's like a full on story, like an RPG. They're, they're just such a different version. There's Pac Man 256, which was released in 2015. That's a up to four player one with like all these different skins and like. I, I play played that with the, the kids. Player one. I think they have that at the barcade on 27. Yeah, and so in fun. New York. Like yeah. it. It we're sucked in. Like I find myself finding more games, like just more love for it every time I find some little nuance that I didn't know about before. I know it would be a licensing nightmare, but maybe like an Atari or someone midway, someone like that who has like a, a really a, a, a good roster in house already of classic arcade games. But doing this with like I mean this build your own arcade thing with multiple IPs, I guess, would, you know, would be a oh. nostalgia orgasm, I'm sure. Are you kidding me? Like, to do this with just, like, a bunch of, like, like imagine an all-NES or an all-Atari or, like, some kind of thing that you, oh, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I'm sucked in. Like I said, I unlocked new wallpaper yesterday, and I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta change, I gotta switch it up now. Like, some new <laughs> characters came. But yeah, it's just, like, there's a jukebox, obviously, so you're unlocking different tracks from the games you like. So it has, like, the Pac-Mania that oh, I like. That's cool, too, yeah. But then it has like some weird old versions of games like Pack and Pal from 1983. I'm like, what is this? You know, this is very, very quirky and different. But also I can understand why people like it. And, you know, it just I, I, I cannot believe I like it so much. There's like almost there's like a game called Pack and Roll that's almost like Sonic where he's roll. He's, you're like a ball. Like, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've never, you know, <laughs> I've played Miss Pac-Man. I played obviously regular Pac-Man. I... I don't think I've played any other than that four player one, like I mentioned. Yeah. That's that's newer. I don't think I've played any arcade versions. I, I think oh. I dabbled with that one Pac-Man on NES and I didn't honestly care for it that much. Uh so yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be a discovery and a half, a discovery uh flowchart and a half to to fuck with that. I, I highly recommend like even within each of the cabinets, it has like a, a game guide and a history section. So it tells you like released in uh, this year yeah, based yeah. on this part you know with these variations so you get get to really understand more Let's about see, yeah, yeah, you know my dumb my dumb ass would enjoy the fuck out of that <laughs> exactly get up on it um yes so second up on the retro mania hype train for the last month tmnt shredder's revenge you knew we were going to talk about it you knew we were going to talk about it have you not seen it? If you have any kind of social media, you should know by now the game is absolute pure fire. Fire. Six, I, I played it players, all the way. Right? What's that? Up to, up to six players simultaneously. Yeah, dude, that's, it's that's great. Bonkers. That's bonkers. It's great. I, I played it 
and the technology is so good that like you know sometimes when you play multiplayer it's either you play either co-op at home or online not both with this it's both i heard this like you do both dude it i played it all the way through with with the kids and i played it all the way through with jesse and the kids so jesse's out in philly he's playing online with us we're chatting while i'm playing with the kids couch co-op you play it through you unlock different characters so like you start with obviously the turtles splinter and april is a playable character but then you beat the game it's remarkable that that's such a new thing that that, you know that that, or such an uncommon thing i guess I don't know, but it seems like the most this basic game, of works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the the right game to like, we made it work, you know, to display that. That's awesome. But yeah, I haven't had it yet, but it looks, it looks oh. good. I know, it's beat em ups, man. It's just fucking button jamming. <laughs> I would play no. it, though. I, I, it's, I it's, mean, it's, they, it's just a matter of it not being accessible. I would say, honestly, I loved, clearly, I loved the arcade ones back in the day all the you know two through four on the nintendo super nintendo but i think this one is better because clearly the technology allows for more so there's more each turtle has more moves they level up this time so they get even more moves and can be more powerful so even 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 if you like a certain turtle for whatever reason like hey i like leonardo because i like so swords um once he levels or, up, or because he's the more boring turtle, whatever, whatever your or reason that is, too. <laughs> <laughs> or that too. I, just as an example, I'm not saying he's my favorite. <laughs> but like, even if you like that, you might actually like playing with um, Master Splinter or Donatello more leveled up because their special moves are fire and they like wipe everybody out. You know what I mean? So it just it's does, does Donatello it's like build class, does Donatello plus, build a contraption of some kind? Does he build something? No, he does not build something. Oh, he just sucks. I mean, that bow staff is is badass. I mean, you'll just see. You just gotta play and see. I'm not gonna spoil it. You got you gotta experience it, man. Mm. Fair, fair, fair. I appreciate that. Thank you for not ruining my experience. Yeah. <laughs> 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 back at the end, if you haven't already been spoiled with that, it's really cool. Um, go play it right now. If you ever like Ninja Turtles, go play it. Game Pass, both of them. Yeah, I haven't heard anything of any negative. And you won't. Uh, you won't. There's no reason. It won't happen. I defy you to find somebody saying something negative about it, unless they're like <laughs> nitpicking, and then it's like, okay, fine. There's one, one, one a hole out there to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they exist for sure. There's yeah. probably a whole, uh, a whole Reddit sub subreddit just for that, <laughs> just for people nitpicking at the new Turtles game. <laughs> for the ten people out of the the millions who love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean those those two games. I honestly have taken most of my time. Next up, actually, surprisingly, I think it was because there was a perk out on Game Pass where you could get like some new skins. I was just kind of bored, and I was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, I downloaded it." Um, so I jumped back into Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, and I didn't know I, you know, it's a game that Courtney and I were both playing together. We played very far through it, and I couldn't remember how close we were to finishing it. But like I, I basically jumped in and finished the main campaign in like ten minutes. So clearly we were closer than we thought last time we played. Um, beat him up. Then, yeah. What's that? Beat, I assume it's a beat him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, but I know that they've done a lot to try to fix it. So I was kind of like, you know, it, it was definitely unfinished when it first came out, and so that was contrib- contributed to us stopping playing. But I know there had been a lot of improvements and DLCs, and so I kind of wanted to give it another shot because it was fun, you know, if they could fix those things and. Yeah, it's actually 
more fun than I remember now. So I they I think they've made things smoother. So I've started the future and perfect DLC with old man Hawkeye and a version of Hulk I've never seen. After this, I'm going to go on to the Black Panther DLC. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of excited to get back into that, hoping that it keeps my interest because it was a fun game, minus the kind of the bugs and stuff before. So cool, cool. Gotta love, gotta love the multiplayer aspects. Did you not? Is the thing you sent is it? Is that not something you got as well? That Atari fucking the fiftieth anniversary thing? Oh no, that's coming soon. I, I don't think that's out yet. That is not out yet. I'm, I just saw the announcement for that. I was like, what Atari collection? Yeah, give it to I me. Saw, they've been. I've been uh, seeing shit for they're doing. Uh, what do you call it? Like a fucking collector's edition i guess is the best terminology versions of some of the uh, original og carts and then, i mean they're actual 2600 carts uh, i saw the one for adventure and i want it pretty bad and, you know it of course comes really? with a fucking a nice box and it's fucking got a bunch of bullshit with it the cart work you know it's like a functioning 2600 cart that you put in on o- og 2600 uh they're 99 bucks a piece i think so it's a lot of money for a 2600 cart that i already own even no less but yeah the, the adventure one just because of the significance of it is very appealing to me and i you know that was one that like i did not i didn't play it as a kid didn't appreciate it as a kid and you know you've heard so much about it first easter egg yada yada first role-playing game essentially all this, you know, the formative nature of it, the how significant it was historically that I finally fucking approached it, read the manual and approached it as an adult, however long ago it was. And like, it is pretty damn good, especially for an Atari game. And, you know, that I think so maybe I feel like I I don't know. It's like a, I feel like a guilt or an indebtedness to it <laughs> that inclines me more to want to pay for it. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully I can stave it off. <laughs> That's fair. I, I would just love if that comes out, what we're talking about is this atari 50 so uh, apparently like there's 100 classic atari games coming to xbox in november and so i'm super pumped about that the only thing that would make that better is if like i can get an atari controller like classic controller that can i can use with the xbox that has to be that has to be be possible if 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 not like an officially licensed (laughs) you have to be able to get a you know a knockoff or some shit like that because that, yeah, that's the I, only thing, dude. That's the only. Well, that's thing like that, my my immediate response to it was like, if you need another testament that the RC Atari VCS is failing miserably, that they're going to license <laughs> this thing onto onto Xbox. You know, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that, but it yeah. probably does. You know, and I, I see them pitching the fuck out of that too. I I you know just I guess follow the Atari fucking Insta, and you know they're they have all these we've talked about the new you know the newer i made a joke about what centipede or whatever some game that like i haven't seen a new one you're like oh there's fucking new one right here three thousand or whatever fuck it is. and yeah they, <laughs> they have that for all of them like i've been seeing pictures of the like the yars revenge reboot or, or remaster or whatever and it's like you know it's like it has that yeah. same thing uh, i saw it mentioned as a specific feature it has that same thing as the wonder boy 3 remaster where you can mm-hmm. instantaneously switch between the original version and the love that the new one you know whenever you want yeah. yeah that's that's definitely cool and that's in there and you know i mean the the visual of the uh, the yard's revenge specifically like fucking looks beautiful the new one you know i'm sure it's the same fucking vibe yeah. control wise but yeah i would love yeah i would love to play them but yeah there's just no chance i, I just can't even begin there's no way i buy an atari vcs like not gonna do it i <laughs> no. love the way it looks i even love the uh, 
remote controllers. I love, like, I love the aesthetic of it to no end. They did a fantastic job with that. But I'm not paying you $300 to put another brick in my fucking, on my console that yeah. only does that stuff. You know, it's no. just not, unfortunately, not, not enough value there. It's just not. No oh. chance. No chance. <laughs> Anything else? Nah, that's pretty much it, man. I, I re-downloaded Destiny 2 because I really want to get back into that. It was it was so much fun. Like, I, I own the game. I just... Space. I need space. So, so I re-downloaded that, but I haven't really got back into it yet. But I'm planning to because that game was fun in the past. I need some more co-op battle action is what I need. Something a little yeah. different. Halo's Halo's off this off the fucking fell off the wagon or on the wagon. Well, I mean, Halo is just, <laughs> Halo is just PVP. This is like I would I play Destiny to like do co-op campaigns and stuff. So uh, you know what right. I mean, which I know is coming to Halo soon, which will be freaking cool. I can't wait. I'll definitely jump back into that when that happens. But yeah, I need some. I need kind of that co-op. Like let's go. So another reason I've been playing ESO, I, I guess I should mention as well. I've been playing through. A lot well, more of you. Don't need so, to mention it, Jay. We know it's like me talking about, well, yeah. about it. It's like uh, that's the yeah. that's the, that's the <laughs> ongoing. Like yeah, yeah. It's more like eh. It's a, my more first of the, more of the same. My first day on your RSS feed. It is not, guys. We know that you're playing those games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. But I mean, they they came out with a new chapter. So me and Courtney have been playing through the previous ones that we hadn't finished up just to be able to you know dive into the new ones. But gotta love it a lot of new improvements there and it's i I can't say enough about the game it just keeps continuing like i i dropped it multiple times i've taken multiple months breaks and come back to it and here i am it's still fun word 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 should still play outer wilds uh okay i was considering doubting that the other day no joke i was like but then i looked at my backlog i was like no it's gotta wait no uh you gotta you gotta have a clean slate. You gotta like it's gotta you gotta be able to immerse yourself. Don't you don't half ass it. That was my mistake the first time. Although you know there was something about I know that's you know I, I just watched this video the other day that you know the people who appreciate it, it's just like you know same as me like fucking on the podcast crying about it. It's like it's just so beautiful and so oh, it's just so, I don't know, man. There's just, I don't even have the adjective. It's just so much. And I was watching this video the other day, uh, the lore explorer, and he's, you know, he's, I don't know if it's just Outer Wilds, but he has a lot of Outer Wilds videos. And he goes in and he, you know, hypothesizes about like really deep analysis concepts that like go beyond just maybe what you surface would take from the game or whatever it's just he goes deep and there was one he had the other day about how uh, see if i can do this without spoiling anything but like he he was basically saying that like every every there's no way to go through that game in its entirety really played the way it's supposed to without a guide or anything if you like play it and experience the way incrementally that you're supposed to and you learn your way to the end there's no way for two experiences to be the same. It's just too, there's just too much. There's too many variables, you know? So he was saying how, because of the way it works and it's that time loop thing, he's like, everyone, he's like, he was trying to rationalize the idea that everyone who's ever played the game in real life, their experience is part of 
the actual because of the multiverse concept of the time loop and every single sequence of events even in our real world happening in that world it's fucking wild it was a wild concept but it was just, it was just so it was it was it was so you know it was just so it was such a, a deep thought experiment that mm-hmm. just the fact that the game can initiate that in someone and and do it and, and it be grounded enough of an idea that you know i'm i'm not the only one to watch that video it's got like fucking 300,000 views or something so like the idea that it could be in that that the idea an idea that off the fucking rails and deep could be not only conceived by someone and like thoughtfully explained, Mm -hmm. but also be enjoyed and consumed by uh, a a semi-mass audience that has also played the game. Probably most of them anyways. And you know, it was just, it's just a wild ass idea. And there's just so much going on and so fucking deep that like, yeah, you have to fucking like, (laughs) you know, you gotta really, and what I was getting at there was how I put it down and picked it back up at a later date. So like, that's like, I almost was going to say that I kind of regretted doing that. And like, it was cause I didn't give it enough of a, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I just didn't wrap my mind around and give it enough the first time, but it kind of made for the second revisit. It made for a unique experience, basically, that I don't. I clearly wouldn't have had the way I did if that had not existed, you know. So there was like this period in the middle of the game or wherever I was at in the game that, like, I had to kind of relearn everything and like it just it changed it changed the way. Obviously, I would have experienced it. But I would have just stuck with it and like didn't have that regression essentially, you know. So, how long did it, it take you to com- to complete the game? Total oh, fuck, man. Um, with the, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't have any yeah. fucking clue. Um, yeah. I would guess I probably put that first time somewhere between ten and fifteen hours into it the first time, oh, okay. and and the second. Well, that I'm saying that was the first go round, and then this the second time, probably more like mm, another thirty, forty ish, and then the DLC oh. another twenty. So, but and and you know I. Cause I was like hardcore, not looking shit up. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not ruining this. So, you know, there was nothing that I didn't have to just figure out. Um, I think there were a couple things I looked up that were like, it was a, I could, again, like we've talked about with Shadowgate, like functional problem. That yeah. was like, I don't understand something, just the UI, you know? Uh, yeah. So there were a couple things I looked up like that, but as far as like puzzles or like trying to find something like, and I wasn't looking anything up. So, you know, okay. So I could conceivably get it done in a week off if I. If I yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. If you really, yeah, if you really dove in, for sure. If I was sure. really focused. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, anyhow, that's not what I was playing. Although I regret <laughs> that now that I'm saying it. <laughs> I started the first thing I want to talk about is I started fishing again, and the so they it was a while ago that it came out, but they had the U.S. because originally the real VR fishing is what I'm talking about. By the way, I guess I should specify that, but the. They had the the original game or the base game is just the is in Korea, is in uh, South Korea. So all the locations are there. And a while ago they had released a U.S. West DLC. That's all the western half of the, of the United States locations. And I hadn't downloaded, I hadn't downloaded it, and for some reason or another picked it back up. And I was like, oh, I'll just fucking get it. You know, I, I think I, I don't know if I saw something in the notes that incentivized i can't recall but i, I downloaded another 10 bucks that i downloaded and gave me you know some new locations and obviously it's just there's something about you know clearly just having a familiarity that makes it a little more interesting so i got that and it's like the 
it was reminding like the physics that, that game it's just so beautiful and the physics are so fucking good with fishing um and you know i haven't been since i was a kid so like i don't have any basis by which to make that uh to form that opinion really a real life comparison but like it just feels so good and right so even if it's not uh spot on with how actual fishing is it's just it's well done either way so and yeah it looks fucking great and they've introduced which right but like that's kind of why i stopped playing because they introduced this bait and bobber fishing aspect of it and it's just more complicated like you have like uh. instead of just lures you now have live baits and i thought that i didn't like with a bobber fishing you don't you know, you don't like with the lure fishing, there's kind of a little more like you kind of control the lure and make it do shit to, at least in your mind, maybe it's psychosomatic, but uh, be more appealing to the fish. So like that was kind of appealing to me at first when they took that away or not took it away, but when using that aspect of it took that out of the game, I thought I didn't like that at first, but what I didn't realize was there's a lot more intricacy to the fish and they have behaviors that are in the like fish catching log that you can uh, exploit or appeal to more specifically with the bobber fishing. So there's three different depths with that the fish operate at. So you can, you like before you cast it, you can set your link, your depth of bait from the surface, from the bobber, you know? So you so that's like allows you to target a specific fish a little more. And then, the different the obviously the actual different baits so like going in and using the fish log and targeting the ones that i that i have not caught yet obviously uh strokes that little collectathon thing that you you know you can get from fucking games and that is obviously highly appealing you can take the fish you can keep them in your fish tank in your fucking cabin so like you know, catching specific fish, really cool looking ones, yada, yada, yada. You actually get to look at them in your tank, which is very appealing, you know. So, like, opening that up to me has made it a, a great deal more appealing, too. And then, they, yeah, they're adding, so they, there's, like, 20 locations-ish, I think, for the the base DLC. And then they're adding every month or so, they're adding two more to that, to this D- DLC so they're adding more US West locations. So, you know, you, again, you're just like getting fed more stuff. They're they're servicing it, they're constantly updating it, they're constantly fucking adding shit. You there's there's like a reward mechanic where if you log in that you get, you know, gear for your fucking dude and like it's just it, it's it's very well curated, I guess. And they're you know, if you want to get into the online aspect of it, they have they you know, they have seasons and they fucking you know, you compete against the others. You can win shit and yada yada yada. So there's, you know, it, it's very well curated the community and 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 the ongoing experience. So it's pretty fucking cool. And it's just, you know, I mean, I don't engage that obviously, but it, it's just a fun, relaxing thing that Amy and I can jump into and do for as little as like 15, 30 minutes at the end of the night before she fucking falls asleep with her headset on. You know, like <laughs> you, know, you know. So it's yeah, it's just I, and, and like I think it would be a really great way to hang out with someone who's far away, you know, like the, we're always talking about how the, the, the VR hangout aspect and like, yeah, yeah. Um, is, is a really cool thing. Demi obviously has that, but a lot of these games have this social element to them. And this one's great because it's like, you know, you can do public rooms too, where you just with random fuckers, but you can do a private room and get a few people together or just one, you know, like I would love to get jabs fucking cunty ass into it. And I think, I think we would, it would be a cool way to just hang out together. But you can you like you you can see the other person fishing. You know you can see 
them fighting with the fish. You can see with them luring it in. Like I have a video, like I, you know, and you have an in-camera or in-game phone that you can take pictures with too. So like I took what was like when Amy was catching her very first shark and she was all fucking, you know, frazzled and <laughs> to catch the sharks. And like, yeah, you know, I'm taking in-game photos of that as it's happening, as it's coming out of the water into her boat, you know, like it's, it's just a really cool social experience that I think would be really enjoyable with the group of people that you would want to hang out with, you know? Um, and you know, and it's like, it's, it's the perfect balance of like, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. You can bullshit, you can bullshit, you can bullshit. And then, oh shit, something crazy is happening. You know, that's exciting. You know, with the fucking sharks or catch, just catching in and whatever. So I know you hate fishing, dude, but I, I'm telling you, man, I think, I think you'd get into it if you started doing it. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like something that would be absolutely amazing if you like fishing. Just, I mean, that's I, great. That's the thing, though. I don't have, I've, I haven't fished since I was like 10. I don't have like some, I clearly don't like fishing enough to do it. I think about it idealistically as something I would like to do again, but it's like surfing. Like, I'd have to go buy the board and then, like, I don't know. It's just fucking, I don't, where do I keep the board? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's fucking it's a pain in the ass to actually engage, but this digital version of it is like a pretty fucking good, and, and, and like, it's all the best parts without the nasty shit on your hands and having to push shit on hooks and like take the fish <laughs> off the fucking hook. And what do you do with the fish if you either let it go and then the poor bastard's got a ripped mouth for the rest of its life or you fucking got to, cut it up and eat it which i like fish but i don't want to cut it up and eat it <laughs> you know like i don't want to do anything so like it's just it's you know it's all the good shit none of the bad shit it's great <laughs> that's awesome uh say with surfing like if there was a vr surf game like i wouldn't have to almost get eaten by sharks in my mind to <laughs> engage it and that'd be great you know it's the best parts not the shitty ones so that's what vr is fantastic <laughs> Uh, so they the new Demio campaign dropped on the 16th, and you still haven't played it, right? Oh, my God, dude. Still have not played it, man. Ugh, you bet your sweet ass I was all over that. So the night before it dropped, I was so excited that I got tuned up by doing a full boss rush of all three of the pre-existing campaigns. The Elven King, Elven Queen, the Red <laughs> King, and Mother Sign, the Root Lord. And I didn't, I, like, I didn't set out to do it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm good. This is my plan. You know, uh, I just like, I started, I was like, I definitely want to play and do a thing the night before just to fucking, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. So I, I drop it. I'm doing quick plays, random quick plays. And the first one I do drops me into the middle of the boss battle against rat King. So like all uh, the way at the end and he like half his life is gone. So like really easy to knock that one out. And then I come out of that. And the next random one I do drops me into a black sarcophagus run. That's halfway through and that's such a cake thing that i burned right through it so i finished the first two and i'm like i i mean i gotta, gotta do, do the next one yeah i gotta do the hat trick you know so then yeah i sat and did i was up late as fuck that night doing a full uh root lord run the, the through the forest so like <laughs> played all long... fucking... yeah, <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot for sure uh, especially considering you know I, I maxed it on experience at that point so there's like there's no numerical benefit to it it's just literally to say i hat tricked it you know in one night so Nice. Anyways, the new campaign is fucking amazing. It's a desert setting. It's called The Curse of the Serpent Lord. There's a new character in it, the Warlock, that's fucking badass. She's what? like, uh, you know, she's got spells and shit, but she's also got a cat sight, like a, a kind of a like lion familiar? or pan pantheresque. Yeah, I think that, I think it is. It is. Yeah, no, I shouldn't say I think it is. It is definitely a, um, no, what do you call it? Not mythical, but um, ethereal uh, cat. You know, so yeah, she can like mark things. The cat attacks it. The cat acts autonomously too on, on its own and attacks things. So she's pretty. I mean, 
I almost feel like she's like a little OP kind of, you know. There's a, there's a few things about the new Ooh. that I think are going to get rebalanced. There's new cards that stack. There's a vitality card that adds three HP, max HP. I mean, so like, and you can. Oh. I've got. I I don't even know if it stops there, but I've stacked as many as three and got up to nineteen HP, which is like you're fucking. What? Yeah, you're like a tank. Yeah, you're invincible at 19 HP. So, like, I think that's too OP. I think that's got to rebalance and, and not be stackable or something. And, yeah, there's new magic power cards. So instead of yeah. just the strength, there's, like, specifically... And maybe strength doesn't... I, I haven't fence-tested that enough to know. Maybe strength no longer affects magic power. But, yes, the magic there's a magic power-specifically card that only adds to magic damage and... There's some other ones too. I can't think off the top of my head, but there's that. And yeah, there's a, there's a handful of other new cards that like kind of break the earlier thing. Cause they, they, this happened with the, the forest one too. The, the, the couple of new cards for that also started appearing. Like the vortex lamps, I think were new in that. And they, that stuff started is now was then available in the first two campaigns, the rat King and the flex sarcophagus. And those dungeons aren't, built for this stuff you know they're like already the enemies i don't know it's just not like they're very like the water card that's for the desert like that it's a three hp bonus that gives you life and it also is to wash away this rage shit that is uh, kind of like a poison that's on the ground in a lot of places and grows out of these crystals that some of the enemies can use to their advantage, you know. So it's like a, it's like a very well balanced mechanic in the desert, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a useless card in the rest of the game. So why even have oh, it? You know, you know interesting. What I mean? So it's I think that is something that also should rebalance that some of these like very highly specific new introductions for the new campaigns should be scrubbed from the the ones where they're not meant to be. You know what I mean? So that's one thing to maybe work out as a kink wise. But yeah, the new character's fucking awesome. And a uh, fun little fucking story. I saw my boys on the Rough Talk VR posting some swag that Resolution Games had sent them a book for a new campaign that is, it's just like the fucking in game DD module style books, you know? So I was so goddamn envious that I slid into the DMs of Revolution and coerced them. I was texting you guys about this. And Amber Moak in particular, thanks, Amber, into sending me that bad boy in the mail. So it came earlier this week and it is the same day as my ninja. Bros versus Chaos t-shirt, actually, so it was a great mail day, but fucking sweet-ass book. And in and, and the back of it, even, there's a bunch of cool shit in there, artwork, and uh, it goes into some of the monsters and shit, and yeah, there's, that's, I didn't mention that either, there's some cool-ass new fucking monsters, that one that's called the Rift Serpent, I think it is, it teleports characters around, both bad and good, and it does it a fucking lot. So it's like the Mystics, but this thing is also fucking a tank, uh, attack-wise, so it's the nice. best of both worlds from the enemy perspective, but uh, the the figurine for it is fucking awesome looking, like really fucking cool. There's a lot of cool looking shit. The what is it? The reptile brute too. I posted on our socials is fucking like it's this huge like mutant fucking dragon kind of thing, and it's got like swords and arrows sticking out of its back and shit, and its teeth are all fucked up. Like it looks <laughs> awesome, like really really cool. So yeah, there's a lot of new enemies and shit, and uh, they cover that in there. But on the last page of the book, 
there it teases the setting for the next campaign that's coming later in the year, uh, which I didn't even know that specifically that well, there's a campaign due out later this year. But the exact verbiage is the band of intrepid adventurers take a trip into a town for the very first time. So it'll be a village setting. And that's pretty fucking dope that I can't wait for. Nice. Like, it didn't even occur to me okay. that like, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, I guess not. There's not like just like an urban, you know, map yet. So the the desert one is kind of it's like a it's the lore around it is it's this town in the desert that was formed originally as like a haven uh, in a fucked up part of the desert. And then the people there took allegiance to some religious figure that ended up manipulating them and, and and turning them evil and it became kind of this you know bad place because of it you know so pretty pretty I fucking like fun yeah i and like they, the variation and, i like that there's a new i didn't even know there's another campaign coming so that actually makes me more excited oh dude it's so cool. good yeah we gotta we gotta jump in and play it's fucking great i actually had a buddy one of my college buddies uh friends of the went to high school with the danny dave crew um from next door the uh, hoff brian hoffman he had been like lurking on twitter seeing me posting shit about it and stuff and interacting with demio and he plays D, I guess so he'd been lurking on it for a while and like asked me like should i get it should i get it i'm like yeah you should fucking get it fucking for sure <laughs> <laughs> and like he, like he like like sometime like early last week or something he sends me a picture of him at a store at the display and he's like 400 bucks is it worth it i'm like i think you can get to, uh for 300 online like you know I don't look around before you buy it. And uh, I guess he didn't buy it. And I fucking, uh, he asked, he said something to me about it again. I just sent him the link on Amazon for the $300 version for the 128 headset, 128 gigabyte headset. And he's like, <laughs> he sends me the confirmation a second later. <laughs> like, fucking arriving at between four and 8 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> I'm like, you're gonna be fucking up at 4 a.m. looking out your fucking window <laughs> for the fucking Amazon guy. Uh, Hopefully it's so, yeah. Saturday. Hopefully it's Saturday. <laughs> it, wasn't. it was definitely a fucking weekday. Definitely a Tuesday <laughs> or something. <laughs> He's like, yeah, court in the morning. Like, fuck it up. Uh, so, yeah, so he fucking got it. We played a uh, thing last week, and, you know, he had never played it. Like, he, like, skirmished, like, for, like, one board or so, one floor of a dungeon b- b- before and we got in. Like, you know, total tutorial experience. But actually, two other young players, like, pretty inexperienced players. So I'm, like, fucking running a goddamn cl- uh, clinic. <laughs> on, a, on a black sarcophagus run, you know, took us like fucking an hour and a half to do the first level because we're like, you know, incrementally fucking teaching three people. But uh, it's such a cool, I've like said before, how fucking cool it is. Kind of the sharing of ideas that that game has and, and, and curates is really fucking cool. They added four more levels and accompanying aesthetic upgrades, two new figuring bases, a new set of gloves, and something else I can't recall, like an archer costume, I want to say maybe. But the level 62 base is fucking dope. It's a it's called the Occult bon- Occult Boneyard is the name. It's a skeleton half sticking up out of the ground below your feet. Fits right in with my go-to assassin build, as you might imagine. <laughs> the new gloves at 63 are not cooler than the skeleton hands, but they are. I've seen them. People are using them, so they must be kind of appealing. And I've actually yet to quite hit 64, Jay, if you can fucking believe that. Uh, despite being up late last night doing my first successful wrecking run, <laughs> full run in, in a long time. But that's like grind run. on. Get your yeah, grind on. Yeah, exactly. Going. Yeah, I got it. I'm super close to it, though. I want to see what it is. It can't be cooler than that boneyard thing. The boneyard is so cool, especially for the assassin build. But shall see. I like that they're still knocking out new things for that. 64 is weird. That they're, I don't know. I mean, I guess it takes time to build the assets and whatever, but. I feel like it's something that should be like a focus that that is like <laughs> continually incentivizing players to to stick with it. 
So that's it for Demio. That's it for Demio Talk uh, today. I did have a little bit of walkabout talk that we jumped into a sesh a few week- weekends back. And in talking through you designing your avatar, I found out that I could make new characters that are multiple characters on the on my account. And then you can switch between them at will in the clubhouse. And so I designed that Bill's Mafia Maniac that you saw there. And then, yeah, I, I realized that a new character has a completely clean slate on everything in the game like basically like you just downloaded so you haven't found any balls you haven't found any putters you don't have any course records nothing at all you know so yeah basically been ball hunting non-stop ball hunting, <laughs> ball hunting and putter hunting non-stop for the last week and it has been fucking glorious like it's been long enough that you know i remember a lot of them of course but some of them i don't recall where shit is so like you know i'm like the was the bogey's bonanza putter thing like i spent a while on it fucking last night or a day or two ago because i could not remember where this fucking clue was like, <laughs> you know getting the whole fucking the whole feeling again that was really really good happy as a pig and shit and then the last thing yes the new thing to talk about is green hell vr which is what's behind me right now it is survival in a jungle and it is fucking intense man like really really fucking intense it's very reminiscent of the forest and i'm assuming you never played that right as a survival game no that does not sound that yeah, was, does I, not ring a bell i played it on ps4 i'm sure it was on, i mean i know it was on xbox also but it's that is a it's also a survival game of course and you're uh you're in a plane crash on a remote island and the island is inhabited by uh natives that are like pretty fucking hostile and you're trying to find your kid the whole time you know and really really great game and, and the like the building mechanics and that were fucking awesome you could pull the build these cool forts and like catapults and like you know you got like uh, kind of too far in all honesty and <laughs> the story was dog shit and like the uh. mechanics in it were not good but it was such an it was a really appealing idea and really fun to play for quite a while until uh, again like this I soured on the story and like the started to see the the it's happened in this a little bit too with these games that are kind of these wide open things like this especially with a lot of the building mechanics you start to kind of see the the matrix with it a little bit and it becomes. Mm. The discovery goes away. Like the cool part about these games is like discovering how to survive in this environment is really appealing. But once you, which this is where this is where Subnautica really excelled, is that that never went away. You never lost the, um, the learning and the, the fucking, whatever. The 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 it, it, you you never like saw the game. It, it was always an immersive experience of learning and fear and whatever. This game and the force both had it where you started to like, oh, I just need to do ABC and then I'm fine. You know, uh, you, know okay. what I mean? you know what I mean? You, you learn how uh, just kind of what the, the beats are to hit and and the discovery of it goes away. And there's just not enough nuance, I guess, or variance to like the thing I was thinking about today. Like you, you know, you in, in this one, you have to there's all these these intricate homeostasis systems that are way better than the force in that regard. Your diet needs to be well rounded like you have proteins, fats, carbs. And water, obviously, most notably. So there's a bunch of nuance where you're like, you know, you got to eat a bunch. You got to have fruit to keep your carbs up. You got to have fats to keep your, or you got to have, you know, like not just like you can kill a rattlesnake and you can get meat from that. But rattlesnake meat is too lean. It doesn't have enough fats. So Mm. you got to kill things 
if you're going to use meat to satisfy your fats problem, you can also do coconuts. Coconut meat has fats in it. But yeah, you got to eat the right things to keep those certain things up. And like, you know, you can eat grubs to to and spiders and shit and scorpions to keep your protein up. But that shit is a drag on your sanity, which is another metric that needs to be mine. If you eat fucked up shit, it hurts your your mental state, you know. So, <laughs> so that, and then there's you know there's a bunch of plants and fungi that have positive and negative impacts. You can get food poisoning, and there's certain things you can do to counteract that fungi wise and stuff. You can have like if you don't wash your hands and you eat shit, if you if you go too long without washing your hands and and you eat shit, you can get bacteria from that and get food poisoning. So there's just all these really intricate systems that are focused on the idea of surviving all this bullshit you'd have to deal with if you were stuck in the fucking jungle without, you know, survival fucking, a survival kit. So it's really fucking interesting in that regard. And, you know, you don't know what plants are until you try them. So there's an incentive to experiment and put yourself at risk, which is kind of fucking cool. And then you, you, the, the, you do have a log, so you don't have to memorize all the shit. And also even within your like backpack, you can like, once you know what something does, it, it has little icons. And you don't have to fucking memorize that shit. So that's cool that it doesn't put too much on your plate in that regard. But there is a discovery thing to it. And then, you know, fatigue is a problem. You got to sleep. There are, You can get physical wounds. Uh, and this is what I was getting at a moment ago. Like, you know, you got you to scale. You got to cross these logs, these fallen logs and stuff to get across things. And, like, it's, it's too... It's like the controls are too good, kind of, you know, like I can if you were paying attention, you can flawlessly walk across every every log in the game. And like, that's kind of bullshit. Like, you you know, there should be more slipping stuff. Like I fell for the last night for the first time and I've been playing. I don't know, probably 15, 20 hours now. And for the wow. first time I fell and got a wound, you know, and like, you know, there's a little uh, like a leaf thing you got to do when you get a, a, a surface wound like that to wrap it up. And then it heals over time on its own. And there's like a, you know, uh, you, you have some fucking like movement debuffs that happen while that's going on, you know. So it's cool how it executes it. But you don't, like I said, you know, if you were looking down and paying attention, and that was the thing. Like I was like not paying attention. I was like kind of, which it's cool that this could even happen. Like I was going up a log and I'm like, wait a minute, there's a fucking cave over there that I haven't been in. And I'm like kind of looking at that a little bit as I'm going up and like basically got distracted and fell off the fucking log, you know, and, and fucked up my fucking, it should have been my leg. That, that's one shitty thing. The, uh, for the Oculus version specifically, the Oculus version does not have, like you can see your arms, you know, and like there's leeches, for example, in the game, you constantly fucking deal with leeches. So you got to like physically pull them off your fucking arms when you see them, but to see them, you got to remember to look at your arms and check, you know? So like, uh-huh. and they have a negative sanity impact and a negative health impact if you're not paying attention. So you're constantly checking your fucking arms <laughs> and the other VR versions of it, the PC VR version has legs also, and you got to check your legs for the same problems, and they can also get hurt. So if you fall, your leg can get hurt, and then you got to bandage your leg up, you know? But there's no legs in the Oculus version. And, like, I I didn't know that. So, like, I was playing the first 10 hours of the game, and I'm, like, I'm, like, hitting every button combination, like, because I see the videos in the trailers and stuff of the legs, and I'm, like, where the fuck, how do I check the fucking legs? And I keep seeing... (laughs) And I think it's I think it's fucked up, and I think they might even still be wrong. But I was asking because I got wind of this game from the Rough Talk guys, and the fucking you know I like they I posted so that first that eight minute video of the first me just getting into it, and they're like mentioning something, and I asked them like how the fuck do you check your legs, and like oh they don't that's not in this version. I'm like oh fuck 
Like I've been trying, like, because it, it says, like, when you wake up from, like, you'll per periodically see the little notification, like leeches. Like when you wake up from some sleep, if you slept with mm. leeches on, you get a little fucking negative thing from sanity thing from it. And I'm fucking pretty sure that I have went to bed, like I cleaned all the leeches off, go to sleep, and then wake up and get the notification. So like I think I my legs are there still, kind of, and I just don't know how to access them. And I can't fucking find anything about it, even saying that they just not aren't there on the web. I can't find any explanation of how to check your legs or that they're not there for the Oculus version. You know, I need That's to just so odd that they would have two different that it would operate differently like that. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, it's probably obviously the, the quest is a mobile platform. It's not up to speed with PC VR headsets as far as mm -hmm. the technical aspects go. So I'm sure it has something to do with that. And that was probably why they made the decision. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I was like, I just like literally stand in my living room, like yelling about shit, like pissed off that I can't figure out how to check my, check my leg for leeches. You know, it's like hilarious. So, yeah, so there's that. And then the crafting is fucking huge. You're trying to discover and make new things that, you know, improve your quality of life, of course. So, you know, you're, the story is your girl, like you, you and your girl are scientists that go into the forest or go into the, go to this jungle with the intent of, and, you know, you're like deployed by someone who has money or some foundation or something. So you have like a proper jungle fucking setup thing to go to the place, you know, uh, a tent and shit. So you and your girl go. And she is the one that's more savvy with native relations or something like your intent is to meet and make contact with these natives that are living in the, in the jungle, these aboriginals that are, I forget the reason for it, but, and she disappears. Like she goes out to meet them on her own without telling you the one morning. Cause she thinks she doesn't want you to go. Cause she thinks you'll be a fucking problem. So <laughs> she goes on her own and then she disappears. And so you're like frantically trying to find her. That's what gets you off in the thing. And then you, you find the place that maybe she could be at, but you get chased away and you end up getting hurt in the chase. So you like, you know, you run, you wake up, you fall into a fucking thing. You wake up from getting knocked out and you don't know where the fuck you're at. You don't have any of your shit and you're trying to, and you don't know where your girl is. You got your radio though. So you can communicate with her and the, you know, that's how you kind of get through the story is, is these radio communications with her and the, you know, you got to, you're trying to like first, you know, it's kind of like Sonata, you're like, I got to figure out how to eat. And then I got to build a camp and then I got to fucking like be able to sleep and like yada, yada, yada. So you're like trying to just initially figure out all these things and the building mechanics. And they do a really good job with the VR and the building. Like the, you know, you got to like, to make fire, you got to bang fucking a rock and a flint, you know, you got to make, you got to like take the sticks, build of the things and then like exactly. bang the shit together to fucking spark the thing on the dry leaves to get the fire going. And like when you're building a little lean to shelter, you got to like get one of the long logs. You got to take a tool that you've built and you got to hammer the fucking thing in. And then you got to do the other one and like you make the little cross and then you got to take the, the rope vines you pull off these trees and you got to like actually physically wrap them around the fucking thing. And like I said, like I mentioned, when you're, when you're wrapping your arm up from a wound, you actually got to do the wrapping motion. And so it does a really good job of embracing the fact that you have this free wheeling fucking control, you know, for, for a lot of the, the, you know, the, like the, the fishing, like fishing with spears and shit. I'm like standing in the river, like, God, fucking <laughs> you're like missing the fish. And like, there's a bow and arrow and you got to shoot shit. And like, it's, it's all done pretty fucking well. It gets a little, it glitches out. It gets a little wonky every now and again, but relatively speaking, I think they did a good job with that. And like, you know, the like Amy fucking thinks it's hilarious. Like I, like I'm staying in the fucking living room and like, I'm like, 
the other day she's like, what the fuck are you doing in that game right now? And I'm like, and like it occurs to me like what my body looks like while I'm doing this. Like, I'm like, you know, I gotta like take my coconut shell over to the river, fill it up with water. And I hit my broken coconut shell and then go over to the fire to boil it in the fire. So I got to like set it down in the fire and like I stand there and just look at it and wait for the fucking for it to boil. And then I pick it up and hold to my face to fucking drink it. <laughs> like it must look fucking hilarious, you know, uh, <laughs> in the real world. But yeah, again, again, just the mechanics. It's it's really well done in that regard. And yeah, I mean, it's it's like easily <laughs> the most interesting, engaging first person VR experience I've had, you know, the. Wow except for maybe the Subnautica, brief Subnautica opportunity I had. So, you know, pretty fucking good, especially for an Oculus offering. And it, it far from perfect. There's like, I get, like I mentioned, agitated with the controls sometimes. The story is fucking horrible. The relationship you're living out with your girlfriend over that radio is like nails on a fucking chalkboard, dude. She is fucking horrible. I hate every time I got to talk to her. I just cannot click through the what? conversation. It's so bad. She's like, I don't know, man. I think she's, you know, I'm not knowing the game, so... I, I guess this isn't spoilery, uh, so because I, I don't know if it comes to fruition. But like, I feel like she's like a, she's gonna turn on me or something. I feel like mm. she's not like steering me into bad shit, but like, I don't know. Everything she says is just kind of like I don't know. It sucks. She sucks. She's terrible, man. She sucks. Like I just feel bad about everything she says. It sucks. It's like just like she's just, I don't know. It's like this like empty support. It's like this empty supportive stuff. And she just keeps saying, like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Like, you know, like, what do you mean you're fine? Like, you're fucking in a, what do you mean you're fine? Like, like my whole thing is trying to find you. Like, why right. won't you just tell me where you're at? Or, like, oh give me gosh. some clues, you know? So it's like, I feel like she's fucking just going to deceive me in some way, shape, or form. Or she's being forced to deceive me in some way, shape, or form. I'm not I was sure. going to say, yeah, what if somebody else is holding it? Like, she's right. not actually using it, you know? Right, yeah. So that, that's possible. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely her. You can hear her talking. It's her. No, I mean, like, if somebody's basically, like, you say oh. the wrong thing and you're, you know. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. I mean, that's that's possible. Who knows? And, like, yeah, there was another thing, too. Like, at one point, his radio dies. It says it. He's like, oh, the battery's dead. Fuck. And, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of that just, like, overly, over-expositional fucking talking, of course, just to whatever handhold with you. And then, like, I don't know, fucking uh, however long later, he's. A, a radio thing comes in from her and he's talking to her and he's like oh i just had to charge the batteries it's like charge the batteries where where the fuck did you charge the batteries what do you mean you charge the batteries i don't, <laughs> I don't know I guess, like, I guess i did eventually rationalize that maybe it has the solar thing or something on it i don't know but yeah when it died then he's like i charged the batteries i'm like i didn't charge the batteries where the fuck <laughs> did you charge the batteries where's the outlet dude what, what bro what's, what are we worried about surviving for if you have fucking charging capabilities what the fuck you know like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really great. Plot point there, but uh, <laughs> it's also a little overly linear too. Like for especially for being in a jungle, like the hand holding can be suffocating at times. You're just like, I can just tell where you're. You're just dragging me down the path to the next thing. Like I can, I can feel that. I hate in fucking games when they do that. So that's yeah. But the play mechanics are so fucking great that yeah, you can weather those negatives without any problem. I think I, I recommend it for sure. So, so you were talking about like wanting some sort of story based game like this. Yeah. Is, in a VR uh, arena like this, I think you would definitely dig it. I mean, it's it's actiony enough that I think you would dig the fuck out of it for sure. Um, right, so right. that's a lot, and we got a lot more with, with Michael Jackson's uh, fucking Moonwalker coming up. So we should probably get to that. That is the dances theme bringing us into. <laughs> Moonwalker, <laughs> let's get it. Synopsis. Goodbye, world peace. Mr. Big, the psycho mastermind of crime, is wiping out love on our planet. 
He and his goons are kidnapping every child on Earth. They just all look like a little girl named Katie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Mr. Big plans to brainwash all these innocent children and turn them into his slaves. Mr. Big is the ultimate bad guy, and no one knows how to stop him until superstar Michael Jackson, alias Moonwalker, the champion of love and peace, takes charge. Only Michael can rescue the children and demolish Mr. Big and his hoods. To do it, Michael summons his star magic, the superpower sent to him on a shooting star. And there's more, but that covers the important shit. The, <laughs> <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of what kind of game is this? Oh man, that that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only, this, only the beginning. Like I said, this is a, just an orgasm of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a side-scrolling beat 'em up with platformer elements. I mean, that's really what it is, and which it, it does it well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, you know, I don't know if you didn't know anything about this game. And you're like, Michael Jackson has a video game. He's the, he's in it. He's the star. What do you what kind of game do you think that is? <laughs> like, beat him up is not the first answer for anyone. No. <laughs> I mean, I I do say he's he's dancing or you're singing. You're you're on stage. There's some kind of aspect of dealing with fans or. Or you're saving the world also. World, you're making world peace happen because I know that's important to him. Some kind of like you're stopping world hunger right. some kind of way. You know, that's Sounds what I think yeah. of. Right. Broadly, how that how that plays out. <laughs> In a video game? I don't know. Which maybe they were like, maybe they tried to do that and they were like, I don't know, man. How about a, how about a beat him up? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I have more on that, though. We'll get there. Oh, dude, yeah, I got more on everything. The, <laughs> <laughs> the release of this was July 24th, 1990, and that is only four days after the Japan release date. And the European release was also in July, so it was a worldwide rollout. Usually you have some staggering. Sega is less focused on that relative to Nintendo, but usually you don't get such a, such a close worldwide release for these games at this time. So that's a, a semi-significant. As far as stuff that happened on that exact date, the first mainstream reporting of amassing Iraqi troops at the Kuwaiti border began. A week later, Iraq would invade, and eventually this would lead to Operation Desert Storm, as well as the accompanying Pro-Set Desert Storm trading card sets that littered so many children's bedroom floors around this time. This is also the date. In 1974, the Supreme Court ruled Nixon had to hand over the Watergate scandal tapes to prosecutors. Give a shit about politics. Maybe that's interesting to you. And in 1979, serial killer extraordinaire Ted Bundy was found guilty of murdering two sorority sisters, which led to him confessing to 30 more and being executed in January of 1989. So, not an uneventful day. <laughs> not at all. The cover art is exactly as batshit as insane as it should be for this video game. So let's see. What do we got here? We got Mike. Mike's here, of course. Both his headshot looming large up above, <laughs> as well as an in-shadow three-quarter length rendition of him in the smooth criminal video outfit. The backdrop is a starry night sky. There's a huge rainbow beaming down from above in the middle of the pick. There's a spaceship and some kids looking up into the sky on Mike's left. And on his right, these are soldiers in full combat gear with rifles. And it's... A fucking lot. <laughs> this is fantastic. Are you kidding me? Like what? It's like it's a, like just it's just a smorgasbord of like uh, <laughs> visuals and good looking. No, cool. but I mean you gotta think. He's the Moonwalker, man. Come on, he's like, like he's neat. He's like 
the Neo of the eighties. You know what I mean? Like well, actually before, you know, you know oh. I don't, I'm, I'm not asking you to explain it further, but I just want to exploratorily ask this now. Did the word moon, like did moonwalker mean anything to you other than this video game before you started doing this, before you started playing this and researching this? Yeah. I mean, he does the moon, like, that's well, his, yeah, no, the, that's sorry, yes, the dance, yes, no, the moonwalk yeah. dance, of course, everyone knows that, but I mean, moonwalker as its own standalone creative work, did that mean, like, did, did it have any no, significance? No, no, Okay, no. copy that, just wanted to make sure that I wasn't <laughs> in a fucking hovel or something, some sort of hole at the time, and it missed this huge thing that happened to everyone but me, okay, copy that, <laughs> so... Yeah. It's got the black thatch border of the era, and the title is where it should be on all Genesis games in gold and silver metallic font. The back panel has three screenshots, the bigger of them depicting Mike leading a dance troupe of bad guys in the first bar scene. There's also some unique copy here that's not in the manual. That's always good. The manual, which is in the show notes, or the link to it, rather, is in the show notes, and it is 22 pages, including covers. The cover is full color, innards are all black and white. That's kind of standard fare for these early Genesis games. We get into some controls discussion early on, and the star magic is explained on page four. So this is enacted with the A button, and the longer you hold that button, the more powerful the magic that results will be. So a tap of A does the dancing spin attack. Holding it, a B does the hat attack. It's a, like a projectile deal where he throws his fedora out in front of him. And you can make it boomerang back and forth across both sides of your sprite by pressing the D-pad right or left quickly, which I never remember to do after reading this, now that I think about it. An even longer depression of the button does the dance attack that I told you was the bigger picture, right? And <laughs> this is the copy for this. It says, bop till they drop with your ultimate magic, the dance attack. Everybody... Even Dobermans must dance, but nobody can outdance Michael, obviously. This, <laughs> this is fucking awesome. And even though it's almost always a waste of magic, it's so cool and it's so fun, it's a constant battle not to use it in the game. <laughs> like, like, the Dobermans are hilarious when they're dancing. And, yeah, it's just, you know, now that... It, it's, it's funny because, you know, all my dabbles with this, I'd never read the manual, and I never knew how to do this. I never knew how to enact it. The holding of the button... Just didn't occur to me. So, you know, and that's part of, well, one, it's part of why I love doing this podcast. But two, it's also why this game has, you know, it's always been an intrigue to me, but it's never quite, I've never quite got it. I've never really got anywhere in it. I've never embraced it enough to really play it in in the way as long and as as thoroughly as it should be played because I didn't know how to do these things. And that's like, that's, the, you know, that's the thing. Like everyone, even not having played much of it, that I knew that could happen in the game, and I knew how cool I that is, and how badly I wanted to do it. I just didn't take the time and effort to figure out how to, you know. So yeah, it's just I've never known how to do it, and having the fucking initiative to look it up now. So I was yeah, I was like just on pins and needles with excitement doing this part of the the research to employ this in the game for the first time. I couldn't fucking wait. So yeah, just a really really cool fucking thing, and you know one of the things that this game is probably most known for for sure that you can just make anything and anyone dance. And do like a whole fucking nut thriller number with you. It's fucking <laughs> so fucking cool and such a such a great one of so many instances where this game just does like we you know, said like it's completely out of fucking left field that it is the game that it is that it's a beat up yada yada yada. But like they do such a good job front to back with implementing this IP in a interesting, creative, and unique way throughout that it's it's just incomprehensibly commendable. I just, I can't believe how good of a job they did of, of 
taking something that should not really be video game material and making it a really interesting, unique video game. It's really fucking well done. So get the blessing out of the way now. <laughs> no fucking suspense here. Uh, so there's a star me- star magic meter that depletes with the use of these attacks. And that's why it's uh, a battle not to use those attack those those uh, functions because it takes this magic meter away, which also is your life meter, you know? So there's like, it's not just, you run out of magic, you can no longer do attacks. And there's even, they do a good job of, of, of changing that. I'll explain here in a moment too. Even, even your base attack that you do with your B button will diminish in effectiveness as your magic meter drops. So you're losing life. You're losing attack power is, is probably a better way to put it. And yeah, there's a, there's a major economy to overusing, your magic skill. It does replenish as you pick up the little girls. So it's not like it's a finite thing for the whole stage, but you, you are aware that it is, affects you negatively to overuse that shit. So it's, you know, pretty well, the economy is well done too, I think. So yeah, your base attack is B button and how much capability and damage that has is dependent on where your star magic meter is. So if your meet, if your meter is blue, which is, I want to say more than half full, maybe if I had to guess, the, you, you get stars from his hands and feet when he kicks and punches or uh, kicks and what is he, what would you call that? Like a slap? I don't know. What is, what is that like? <laughs> hey, where he fucking like it's the jump attack where he like sw- slaps his arm out, you know? I don't know what to oh, call yeah, it. I don't know. I, f- I feel like he's just kind of like posing. Like, yeah, it's a, a dance. Like, it's just some kind of dance yeah. move, I guess, you know? So, yeah. So stars will fly out from your hand or feet and extend the range of your attack. So that's crucial and then if it's yellow and i'd say this is between a quarter maybe and a half uh, of the meter your star's range is reduced to maybe half and then if it's red which is probably less than a quarter of life you get no stars at all and it's just the range of the actual hand and foot and that is essentially like not being able to attack you're like useless yeah right? yeah so yeah you it's get basically like, like michael's not really fighting anybody <laughs> yeah, michael's you know <laughs> michael's michael's going to his trailer michael will be in his trailer <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's when that happens it sucks and like the only time that it really comes up unless you're fucking up majorly is boss battles and that's the worst time to have it happen too so that's yes. it is yeah the the economy of this is is very important and has a lot of effect on the game and you can moonwalk by pressing B and hitting left or right on the D-pad. So that's kind of cool, too. And I actually forgot to do that as well. Now that I think about it, I need to fire the game up as soon as we finish here and do both of those. Right. <laughs> so then page seven is getting started or title getting started. They talk about the demonstration game, in quotations, that begins if you don't hit anything at the title screen. And it says, watch the three demos for hints on how to move through the first three rounds. And this was a thing for Wonder Boy 3, too, if you recall. The demos having supposedly useful hints in it. And that is a Sega only thing that they like, I don't bother to put something useful in there, at least from their own, by their own measure that they incentivize you to, to engage it via the manual. That's like, that's just so Sega to me and not Nintendo at all that it's, it's, um, I don't know. Like it's commendable, but I didn't use that. I saw, I read this and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to sit and watch that. I'm like, I don't know. So yeah, I was so excited to play it. Yeah, I didn't either, but whatever and, but well i don't know i it's I good sh- to know i guess i shouldn't say that and we'll i I'll, i won't spoil it here but there's the thing that is in the demo that i didn't know how to do and wasn't mentioned here in the manual and i was frustrated about and like it was a thing that 
I saw it in the demo, but I wasn't paying attention. So I didn't really know what was happening. So when I got frustrated in the gameplay, I was like, I can't fucking remember what it was. And I had to save state, reboot the game, watch the demo <laughs> a second. And like, oh, I see. And then go back to the load the game and go back to it. So it it is worth doing if you take the time. There is benefit to it because there was something that it helped me with. But mm-hmm. that, that clearly is not everyone. Not everyone is stupid as me. Uh, <laughs> the page nine mentions that the star magic meter is also your life meter. We already talked about that. Page 11 has a little blurb on Michael's pal Bubbles. And it says, Bubbles appears in every round when all the children are rescued. He helps Michael find Mr. Big by pointing the way. Follow Bubbles' directions, then get ready for major mayhem. <laughs> they do, that's a lot. There's a lot of that too. I've already cited a few of them, but there's a lot of like really flowery, colorful language in here that, that I appreciate. Page 12 gets into a level breakdown and explains that there are five rounds with three stages each. So that's the structure of the game progression. Page 15 is helpful hints. And the only mention in the whole manual of Michael's transforming into a robot is here. And it suggests you try and find a way to do that. That's the only explanation they give. And then they have try everything and practice, practice, practice. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. (laughs) We're talking about practice. And there are three whole pages of their special score recording grids, so they really thought you'd be racking up some points in this bad boy. You don't need to make record of it. Jay, I can't even begin to uh, guess what you're going to tell me as far as history goes. (laughs) Don't give Bubbles history, by the way. I reserve the right to to, all Bubbles shit is going to come from me. Bubbles is all you. I'm pulling right. Handle, handle <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this game. So first of all, it's based on the smooth criminal segment of the 1988 experimental anthology musical film of the same name, Moonwalker. And this is something I never saw as a kid. Like, did you see it? I didn't oh, that's see what it. I was asking like, you earlier. This is what I was asking you earlier. I didn't dude, know this was a fucking thing at all. Dude, I got some oh. shit about it too. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Dude, wild. I, I knew it was a thing and I saw like. It was like, how can I describe it to you? (laughs) It was like this magical thing I knew existed. Because you know, back then, when Michael did a music video or something, it was like a world premiere. Like, it was like Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, it was like seven o'clock Monday night. That was the Super Bowl halftime show, was a Michael Jackson video. I don't remember if he performed or not. Like, I think it was just a video. (laughs) And it was that, that one in the alley with the car where he's on top of the car doing the fucking thing, you know, like yes. that was like the 1992 yes. it was one of the bill super bowls. It was the fucking, mm-hmm. I remember watching it like, and it was like, everyone's sitting in the living room. Like what is Michael's video going to be? Let's yeah. go whole family <laughs> what, right now. Let's see. And like, you know, that's not even pop music was not my dad's fucking thing. I give a fuck less normally, but Michael Jackson, everyone's tuned in probably tuned up on blackberry brandy or something fucking waiting to watch the goddamn fucking, Dude, I I gotta I gotta tell you. So, obviously, in preparation for this, I'm watching Michael music videos, and my sons are sitting there watching me. They're like, "What is this?" And I was like, "These are music videos." Let me tell you. About <laughs> Let me tell, like, tell you about this old idea. In there, I was like, I was like, "This would be a whole event." Let me tell you. <laughs> and they just sat like intently for these like 18, 20 minute music videos. Anyway, side rant. <laughs> but yeah, this. This specific one, Moonwalker, it was like this to me in my mind as a kid, this mythical thing that for some reason, like it debuted in the evening, like the it was on Showtime. 
that's why it was a premium channel. Like, which and yeah. Showtime's not even the one. Like, yeah, that's then, you know, what it you was. Had, yeah, you had to be. Well, you know, we'll we'll get to that later too. But yeah, it's yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, that's yeah, I, I Dude, no word was, in 1980, whatever 89 or something. Like, yeah. I'm not coming anywhere near Showtime. No <laughs> it was like a. So like the announce was in an e- on the in an evening, and so I remember like watching it and being like, "Oh my gosh, this great thing is coming!" But I can't watch it. Like I couldn't remember why at the time. You know, I was just like, "Oh, we can't watch that. That sucks." But I just knew it was this amazing thing that existed with the King of Pop, of course. You know. Yeah. Fucking wild. So fucking wild. Yeah, I had never even heard of it, dude. I had no fucking clue that it wow. existed. Yeah. Yeah. So this is based on the Smooth Criminal segment of that, and well. No, the Smooth Criminal segment is just one segment, and just the one stage is based on it. Yes, yes. That was the original idea. The right, original right. came from that. Okay. But, you know, it's kind of funny. Sega being the giant that they were in the arcade space, like, naturally, the cabinet version came first. But the Genesis version we're talking about was nothing like that. And, like, really? this one's... Yeah, well, this I didn't nothing know that like either. That. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, Not this was much better. But the, the most notable thing, though, that I think, that I found, Michael Jackson, MJ himself approached sega about making the game you know that they he wanted them to make a game that would capture his persona like can you imagine being a sega exec in the 80s on that call on your big gordon gecko phone well it's and al like, nilson like, dude it's, on the phone? It's, 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 it's part of why al nilson is like a, a you know a, a video game lore superhero and why i need to fucking take blake up on that fucking offer to connect us because dude. yeah he's got a whole it was a whole like relationship that he curated and you know, it's, it's a whole fucking thing. So like I, yeah, he's got to have just stories that are fucking unreal about it. Yeah. I mean, come on, like being able to, I mean, how, how do you, how do you do that? Like you're like Michael cause you're like, absolutely. Like, what is he, what is he like? Like he dances, he's a superstar. Like to me, like knowing that as the setup and like going through the manual in this game, I'm like, yeah, it makes complete sense. Like that's the, <laughs> Yeah, like totally you watch MJ it. videos. Like, of yeah. course, like he's gonna like what happens in bad. Like, people are about to fight. MJ just walks up in there, dance magic, and then that's what happens. You know, like yeah. they all dance with them. Like yeah, that's man. that's the game. Yeah, I mean, remember, you know the fucking the the one Sega newsletter where they you know he came and did like he was there at Sega HQ and stuff. He's credited. I you know a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but he's credited as the fucking one of the as the designer at the end of the credits. You know, that's which you know, awesome. right? And like. You know, I kind of look at that and think to myself, like, that's an agent. That's like a, a lead actor's agent getting an EP credit. It's like you're just getting it because you're because that's Tom Cruise, you know, like that. You're the guy that is in Tom Cruise's entourage and you get EP credits. You know, I, that's kind of right. how I look at that. But I bet he was kind of fucking a li- at least a li- material involved. Like, I bet he was sitting there, like, giving critiques to some degree and like an, an invested party in at least some of the design execution oh, you know yeah. so yeah i mean I, I, it's probably not entirely unwarranted if only in like no that sucks we're not doing that kind of stuff <laughs> you know so yeah fucking wild man absolutely fucking wild yeah but yeah i mean this is it, it's funny too because the arcade version is like i said it's pretty different like you can have multiple players like all you can have three players all dressed as michael you know it's at the gonna, same time on screen or at the same time on screen no, it, so it was, it's like a, it's a, it's a, like an X Men beat 'em up. <laughs> it's like a straight beat 'em up. Like it's yeah. definitely a beat 'em up. The arcade. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy as fuck, dude. Oh god, it's so crazy. Wow. 
fine. So yeah, so, so interesting. this is I, I if if you have not already gleaned it, this is the most excited I've been for a fucking <laughs> episode in so long. It's so fucking it's such interesting and like I, you know, he's one of those figures that like, he's omnipresent, as like, like there's just no one who doesn't have associated memories and nostalgia. Even if like I mean like you know it's not. I mean, yeah, I remember like I, I remember having like the beta tape and like listening to that shit as a kid. <laughs> so it's not like I'm not saying like I wasn't into his music at all, but yeah, I wasn't fucking like hanging on fucking Michael Jackson music's every release or anything. I wasn't like yeah. fucking out buying his fucking tapes as soon as they dropped or anything. And it's not something my parents listened to with any like real fucking regularity. So, you know, it, it was not something that was forced to my face, I guess, but it's still just so he is just so entrenched in everyone's mind, even if you don't have that level of like pushing towards it, you know? So it's just, it's so fucking interesting. And he's just obviously just like, oh, so much interesting shit in his life. <laughs> fucking so interesting. And uh, I definitely was the fan. I had the jacket, I had a glove. Oh, like, I, oh, are you yeah. kidding me? Dude, you know, like, so yeah, like it just like random fucking thing. It's sitting, I had the tape sitting on my fucking desk here, like Beverly Hills Cop. Like, fucking. One of the funniest scenes in that movie is this like a montage bit where he's walking down the street in Beverly Hills when he first gets there and he walks past the two dudes in the Michael Jackson thriller fucking the matching Michael Jackson thriller leather fucking outfits, you know, and he just laughs his fucking ass off in that Eddie Murphy way. So like even there, like I knew like I knew like I I'd never seen the thriller video, I don't think. And like I somehow had it communicated you knew to the me. association. Right, exactly. I knew that was Michael Jackson shit. You know, it was a Michael Jackson joke, you know? And, like, I, it's just, ah, uh, it's just so permeated society, you know, <laughs> for 20, 30 years. You know, he's just fucking unreal human being. And, yeah, just so fucking, so entertaining of a of a podcast research fucking <laughs> flowchart. I had so much fun with this. Uh, okay, any more history? No, that's it. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Okay. Uh, well, you know damn fucking well that I was I was gonna cook up an episode, uh, an economic analysis for this because I was so excited. So, yeah, you know, I was act- and like I, you know, I was like literally racking my brain all week long trying to fucking think of something, and I was pretty distraught up until about eight forty-five this morning, not having anything that I liked. And we recorded at nine, or supposed to. We were a little behind today, but uh, I couldn't come up with anything I liked. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks, bubbles, <laughs> like fucking bubbles, <laughs> fucking bubbles. So, how much did it cost? Mike to acquire and care for Bubbles the chimpanzee. Okay. So there are conflicting reports, but according to one in a smoothradio.com article, he paid 65k to score this chimpanzee in 1985, bro. So Whoa, what? And like, you know, I'm googling around current day what it costs current day to acquire a chimpanzee, and I think that this sounds like it's just a re- one report, but it sounds kind of right to me uh, based on what you would expect, I think, uh, as far as the way Mike lived his life. So the numbers for present day acquisition seem to range between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. So that's twenty twenty two dollars, fifty and sixty grand, right? Interesting. To acquire from, uh, you know, like a private breeder or like one of the sanctuary situations and adoption kind of thing. Like that's about what you t- should expect to pay, right? So if you adjust that for inflation from eighty from twenty two to eighty five, that's a hundred that's a hundred and seventy one point seven percent. Uh, inflation from 85 to 2022. So it would be an $85, 176 grand and uh, 176 grand. Sorry, I'm fucking this up. (laughs) 65K adjusted for inflation to 2022 would be 176 grand. Uh, So the idea that like a stock chimpanzee 
Ah. in 2022 would cost 50 to 60 grand and the chimpanzee mike would want being 176 <laughs> grand makes total fucking sense to me you know he like you know he would want the elite chimp he doesn't want no bullshit running the mill chimp <laughs> give, me, give me the smartest chimp <laughs> yeah well, i want the can, fucking chimp that they does will eat bananas and peanut butter with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does like some crazy ass shit right so and I'll get more into Bubbles' history later, of course. So, you know, this can be more explained. And I think that also informs what I'm suggesting here. But we're just talking numbers in, at this point. So chimphaven.org, which that's a great website name, quote, and this is just a sanctuary of some kind that that, that uh, who knows where they get them from, probably something fucked up. But they claim to be acting in the best interest of chimps and like trying to create a good life for them, whatever. But they quote their 2022 annual care costs to be around 17K per chimp at their facility. So that's food, that's medical care, that's life enrichment, activities, toys, whatever. And if we spin that back to 1985 inflation via inflation, it's about 6250 a year. So 6250 a year. And <laughs> the, again, like we just said, you know, goddamn well, Bubbles wasn't no on no peasant chimp sanctuary cost of living, though. You know that <laughs> motherfucker. And we'll tell yeah, we'll talk some of the like. I mean, there's there's some good specific citations I'll get into in the Bubbles history segment later. But you know, he was on tour with Mike, so he wasn't. You know, like, Bubbles, anyway. you want some fillet? He was not. He was not getting. Uh, what did I read in the thing? Monkey, uh, monkey chow. He was not getting monkey. monkey chow. <laughs> you know, he, was getting, he was getting fucking. Who knows what? You know. So yeah, there's. Uh, there's I, I'm laughing. Bubbles, you want some pate? Right now, I'm. Dude, Laughing at the stories I know I'm going to tell later. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's so emblematic of just how great this fucking IP is. I'm so glad we did this. But so, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to double this number arbitrarily, the 6250 to 12 and a half grand a year. But uh, like, that's got to be probably so conservative. You Still got to be low ball because it's my <laughs> yeah, super low. Ball. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. That's the number we're going to use here for this. And like I said, it's conservative. So that comes out to he had the he had bubbles from 85 to 2003. And that comes out to 237 grand without the annual increases in inflation calculated into it. So it would be more than that if we account each year accounted for the inflation number. But even without that, we're talking 400 grand that Mike spent on having a chimpanzee. Now let's talk about Moonwalker, the video game, guys. <laughs> that is the boss theme. I'm bringing this into our playthrough of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker on the Sega Genesis. We start with the title screen, and this is, it begins with the standard issue Sega load dropping in, and then it cuts to black, and then a Tanny Jenny Q plays as the title treatment synthesizes in. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. His name is in blue bar neon light style, and then Moonwalker is in some metallic space sci-fi style shit below that. And that bizarre ass vibe mashup is the perfect way to start this bananas ass game off <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and you press start, uh, or rather it says press start in a neon blue below that. And then you cut to, if you do that, you cut to, or actually no, you just let it play. And it cuts to a green or to a, yeah, 
It cuts to a screen full of a great deal of legalese, of course, as one would expect on some shit with Mike's IP in it. And then a stage start screen for 1-3 at Club 30 comes after that, as far as your first demo goes, with a headshot of Mike that eventually gives you a Ooh! voice sample, complete with mouth animation. <laughs> and then, yes, the demo of the actual level fires up and plays for a while. And we don't get any bullshit silent demo shit for this game. They let the music shine right away with Smooth Criminal ripping in. And the next time through is a different level if you let it play. So time was spent on this. You, I think there's three of them that it'll go through. So if you hit start, you are presented with a one-player, two-player, or options menu selection screen. And I wouldn't have guessed this had a two-player mode, and that's slick. We didn't try it, but I'm guessing. I'm like, I'm like, why didn't we do that? But it's probably it's turn-based. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm almost certain it is. I it would, yeah. There's even though you're telling about that and blowing my mind with the arcade version, there's just no way. There's no way. You yeah. Same. Oh, we gotta crazy. find an arcade port. Gotta yeah, do it. Uh, yeah. If someone writes in and goes, "No, you idiots are wrong. It has co-op." I'm just gonna quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. All the time we just focused on our stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the options screen is kind of interesting. It lets you choose between easy, normal, hard difficulty, and it lets you map your buttons as you see fit, which is fucking awesome. And I didn't change mine, but it's still cool to know that you can if you want to for whatever reason. As well as cycle through the music tracks if you want to just sit and listen to this fire 16-bit shit. And you can also, also samples Mike's various oohs, woos, and shahs while the music tracks continue to play. So you can you can start a music track and then move over to the, the voice samples and just spam them while the music plays. <laughs> so, you know. I basically, I never got off the demo music screen, Jay. Did, did you actually play the game or did you just get stuck in a loop here like me? <laughs> oh, that was great. No, I, I did play the game. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this. And yes. Yeah. Fucking great, man. Just, oh, just at every step of the way, it's fucking great. I left it at normal difficulty for my playthrough just to state that up front. Did you do the same? Okay. Same. Copy. That's my standard demo as well. Yeah. I'm guessing it's just, you know, these easy, hard, like the only difference is just, oh, the enemies take more hits and that's fucking not fun. So I don't feel like I missed out on anything by upping my fucking difficulty any or not upping my difficulty any. So when you start the game, you are treated to a very quick cutscene of a car rocketing skyward past a residential neighborhood and into the night sky. And it cuts to a black screen from there where the outline of the front end of the car cruises in from screen right to the middle and morphs into Michael in his white smooth criminal suit, right? And then the text round one, one dash one, club 30 comes in below that. And a music cue plays. And all five rounds have unique cues that will treat you to throughout the, this little retro gaming experience. So not only does each stage get its own music, each stage start screen gets its own music cue, just, you know, going, uh, the whole nine yards for uh, on the audio front with this game, as it should. As a Michael I mean, you have to. Like, if you yeah. don't, then you're, yeah, you're wasted you're opportunity. Mike ain't having that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael fucking send bubbles into the office, fucking take, unaccompanied. Take my name off of this and, game. And just, yeah, and just fucking wreck your fucking office with <laughs> bubbles, wreck the place. So we then move inside Club 30. The front door opens, and Mike is in full silhouette in it for a dramatic, like in the doorway for a dramatic beat. Then he pirouettes into the bar immediately flips a quarter with the appropriate chime sound cue across the full width of the screen and into a jukebox on the other side of it to fire up Smooth Criminal.
the first legendary track of mics we'll hear in this game, and I thought we could take these opportunities to discuss each of the actual music videos for the songs we encounter along the way, right? And I, I mean, you already mentioned it, but I don't think I'd ever seen the Smooth Criminal music video, uh, at least not in its entirety, particularly this uh, exact version. What are you telling me? I didn't have oh. TV, dude. I did not have MTV. Oh. I did not have MTV. Oh. Then you were case. treated to this experience as an adult. I just like my sons were, and oh. yeah, it's yeah a whole like it's like a, a movie, like a little. It's mini a nine movie. and a half minute musical short film, and it is fucking lit, man. Yeah, lit. absolutely fucking lit. Like <laughs> that's also exactly what these three stages are all about. You know, yeah. 1930s gangsters in a nightclub and all the shit is here. Like the bar entrance and coin flip into the jukebox, mm -hmm. the little girl with a teddy bear, the baddies you fight uh, can clearly be found in the video. The pool guy, like everything is fucking the here. The women dude. in the bar. Yeah. Like the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do everything fucking. They do a great job. of Even the staircase that like yeah. comes down. I noticed when I was watching the video, <clears> I was like, oh, yeah. Even the staircase where he comes down is like in the uh, game. Yeah. And it has, so it has the 45 degree lean dance move, which was, you know, just Hollywood cable and harness gadgetry. But the wiki still assures a reader that it, it still, in quotations, requires good athletic core strength. <laughs> I, I, I bet. <laughs> it, that's the funny thing, too, because, like, as a kid, that was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, Michael can do... Like, we know he's the world's greatest dancer, but, like, how could he even do that? Like, he can defy gravity? Like, right, what? Right, you know? right, right. Well, he would do that. Yeah, the <laughs> I want to say it was that video, the Super Bowl video, the 1992 one. He did it on the car or something, I think. And, you know, that was yeah, it, a it more impressive that, yeah. rendition of it, I think. Uh, because, yeah, it's like the just the way that video was done. It was him all solo. And this was kind of just, it looked like a dance number, you know, that uh, was a little more staged. But in any event, the the fucking so in the video there's a dance sequence with a fucking toddler dancing and holy shit is that kid impressive uh, so i'm you know doing googling around and fucking looking up who this is this is brandon quentin adams who would go on to become a child actor big shot at the time via flicks like people under the stairs the mighty ducks and the sandlot right so this kid was fucking yeah i mean and you know this it's funny dude like you know we're gonna talk about more of these videos like these videos were launch pads for motherfuckers. Like, there's another one later that, like, I just, I, I shit my, I'm, don't say it. I, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. You know I it. I, yeah. You know I, it. I, yes. I almost shit my pants. I was like, is that, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely blew my mind. Uh, so, yeah, it, it looks like he went, this kid, Brandon, went on a 20-year hiatus starting around just before Y2K, but he is back at it again as an actor. His direct line, phone number, and Yahoo email ad here on IMDb Pro if you want to ping him about a project or anything. So, let's get Brandon That's Quentin cool. Adams some work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Got skills. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, great fucking, great fucking video. Like, uh, yeah, it's not, not a great video, great short film. And I guess there were, they... Clearly a nine and a half minute one. Although, you know, the Thriller one would play on MTV, I remember. I remember going over to my grandparents' house before I had cable and recording the entire Thriller. I was like watching MTV, recording videos on a VHS cassette so I could take them home and watch them. And nice. I remember getting the whole Thriller video at one point. So, you know, they, they would play those full-length videos of, of Michael's. So they probably did play this some, but I, I, I saw it mentioned in the notes and stuff for this, the, the, the history for this, that 
they had uh, like an abridged version that they would they would often play too, like a more natural song length one too. So yeah. fucking wild, absolutely fucking wild, and yeah, I, you know, <laughs> just just one of the five that we're going to talk about, and there's just so much going on there. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> So let's talk controls and HUD of this video game a bit. The controls are a little floaty, I would say, but they are by no means bad. Yeah. He can attack standing, which uh, is a kick, is his normal base attack. And then while jumping, which is, yeah, that we kind of talked about, that dance move where he snaps his wrist out ahead of him. And then he can also, while crouching, attack, which is a wrist snap out in front of him too. So his jump is standard issue. He has like a straight up. Uh, iteration of it that is different animation than jumping to the left or right and then you can open doors and check inside shit by hitting up in front of it to which he does like this little twirl move and gestures towards it you know kind of a showman <laughs> uh reveal type thing that, that is how you essentially search for the kds throughout the game and then mike's base walk animation is pretty legendary i would say he's like he's really churning those fucking shoulders you know and <laughs> you can't tell because the air is graphics but he's almost certainly snapping his fingers on some kind of beat as he walks he ain't doing the normal walk yeah no, yeah it's just Especially so much criminal. much flair to to every move every every anim, move animation of him uh it, it's absolutely a dance not just a walk and it fucking should be <laughs> The HUD is at the bottom of the screen. It's just a black bar, and moving left to right, we have score, life count, with a little mic avatar next to it, your magic slash life meter, and lastly, a Katie avatar with little teddy bear icons to the right of it that signify the number of them you have to find in this particular round. So pretty basic and straightforward, essential information down there. And yes, we are in round 1-1, one, one, and this is at Club 30. And the manual description for this is, the mob's up all night, and you're up for a fight. Dazzle those criminals with smooth moves. And you have a two-minute uh, counter on your timer for this. And completing it in less than that earns you bonus points, but there's no penalty for going over. So that's kind of how the recommended thing uh, with the time goes. And this is a two-floor nightclub or bar. In addition to the aforementioned jukebox by the door, there's a host reception booth, there's pinball machines, there's a pool table, a piano, and like, you know, just so many little attention to detail things, man. When Mike walks across the keys of the piano, you get little piano sounds, you know, that's just a fucking awesome touch. I love that, yeah. So fucking good. And all the baddies are dressed in wise guy suits, fedoras. Most are melee, but a few of them have pistols in here. The dude by the pool table is wearing suspenders and he, he like breaks a pool cue over his knee before he attacks you. It's just yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's only one of those in this. And, and I think you do meet, they become a more frequently appearing grunt enemy base or whatever common enemy in the latter bar stages here. But like when you first, because there's only one of them, it feels like almost a little mini boss kind of thing. You know, it's just like a, it's a level of significance given to it that, Mm-hmm. you don't normally get out of a grunt enemy in a fucking in a video game so really fucking cool and there yeah are also a couple showgirls that will distract you from the task at hand they step out from the <laughs> they're like up against a wall real cool and sexy like and then when you walk try to walk past them they step out and push their hand up into your chest to stop you for a second but mike ain't got no time for the sh- for that shit he just kicks them <laughs> at them and tells them to kick rocks so that's how you, and they, they don't die the girls don't die they go back to the wall you know they don't you know you're not actually hurting them they're just stepping back you know so they're they're uh, and careful to differentiate that so I, I took that as as the girls were like 
oh, Michael, you're here. Please save us. And I'm like, I got this. Step aside. I'll okay. be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, if, if that, uh, I'm surprised, I guess, given they, they bothered to pay any special attention to it, that they didn't have like some sort of different attack animation when you hit the button to get rid of them. You know what I mean? If they really want to go the whole nine yards with that. Yeah. And yeah, they look like it was the, unclear first. I'm like, what's going on? Here? Am I yeah. fighting her? Nope. She's just standing there. Okay. Right. <laughs> and yeah, she, yeah, she's dressed in that exact outfit, kind of like the death the flapper, the death veil kind of deal. Uh, is what I would equate that to, like a funeral garb almost, you know? Uh, you think so? I, th- I was thinking like a flapper, like a 1920s, like just like a I don't showgirl. Know a, like, I don't know what a flapper is. Okay. Well, uh, they, like she a, has like that net over her face, though. That's Isn't that like a... No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, she looks like... To me, she's like 1920s, like just like in the video, like the little hair thing with just like the little flapper... I don't know. It's it's all part of the same thing. I, I don't okay. know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. It's just uh, something I know about, like the the era back I, then. I, I guess I'm not versed enough in that era. I thought like it, a lounge. Like she's she's the type of girl you would see in the lounge with the wise guys in the 20s. Sure, sure. No, I'm not saying she looks out of place. It's just to me that is also a funeral thing. Uh, <laughs> I guess funeral <laughs> ones. I guess funeral ones are a little more less revealing. I guess they're more opaque. Uh, you know, I think of I'm, I'm thinking of the Beetlejuice. The deal, oh, yeah, 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 which is obviously that vibe at all. Yeah, actually, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, no, I, I'm not saying it's the same vibe. Sure, it's she's way sexier. <laughs> it's way, yeah, way different. It's just kind of reminiscent of in my mind. Anyways, there is a black cat hiding outside the window on the second floor, and it will pop your ass if you're not quick. That's probably the most dangerous enemy in the stage. You open the window, <laughs> and it's just fucking right there, and then it jumps out. And your best bet is to just kick the little fucker right in the head as they drop out the window, like before they even hit the ground because they jump immediately. And they also have chairs strewn around that you can kick and take the legs out from under dudes. So there's a few random, like, environmental objects that you can interact with to to cause damage and, and, and do battle with, you know. There's, you know, I don't know. There's just so much that that demonstrates care and attention to detail. It's, it's, it's really, really great and immediately evident, you know what I mean? So you have to find, I think it's, I didn't get the exact number, but I want to say six or seven Katie's. In the stage, like yeah. and each one saying "Michael" when you touch them, and insert off-color joke here. It's the only one of those I'll give. Uh, and then, and then they ride off screen on a little blue blue beam of light. And some of them are sitting out in plain sight. Some others are hidden in closets behind closed doors that you have to open up to find them. And throughout the game, like you know, there's as it gets further in the game, it gets harder so they become sometimes they're hidden in a little bit weird of things but for the most part most of them are found in like one or two kind of commonly occurring environmental hiding spots you know that you just have to check so it's a little tricky at times but for the most part this stuff is pretty straightforward keep keep checking things basically right. <laughs> like is yeah. that a thing you can well, check check it. check yeah yeah <laughs> right well, do, yeah, do you even know if it's a thing you can check i don't know check it anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, that's kind of the difficulty of one of the difficulties of the game was, you know, that animation you do, it takes you out of being able to attack for a second. So you're yeah. juggling doing that between the environmental dangers. And that's that's part of the difficulty of this game, for sure, is the need to check everywhere, you know, which is right. You're trying to find these hidden things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's even that's well done, too. What I would say control wise that does suck really, really bad in this game. Is the steps. It's a very difficult to line. Did you not have trouble with these? You're giving me a head cock. Like you don't know what I'm talking about. 
Did you not have trouble lining up with these when you want to climb them from the bottom? On on this first? Throughout the game. It's a problem throughout the game for me. It was. Oh, no. I did not have that problem. Really? Holy shit. I did shit. not have that problem. I would often have to do... Like, I got Castlevania, Castlevania vibes with this shit. Like, what? yeah, you would have to, like, I would, I would have to walk back and forth at the bottom of the steps and, like, keep hitting up until you, like, catch it and start walking up. I would just hit that angle, and I, was, I would go I every cannot, time. Like, the I only time not. I had a problem was on this first stage about trying to get the steps to go down, like, the ones that go down. That, I was like, how do I get this to go down? But, like, on every other time where steps are already available, I could go up and down with no problem. I couldn't, I couldn't do it reliably at all, man. And yeah, yeah, wow. and like, and interesting. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. They were they were tough for me, but yeah, there are also yes, there's a fire escape esque stairway, and I could not figure out how to get it down, and it wasn't requisite to get to the upper floor in this particular case, so I just got out of my life. But that is what I ended up having to watch the demo to sort out later on. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I, <laughs> did, I did not know how to do that at all. So we'll talk about that in a moment. So when you do get all the Katies, the screen goes black except for Mike, and that's for a beat. And then Bubbles the Chimp rides in on one of those same blue light beams that the little girls ride off on, and then la- he lands on your shoulder. And then Mike exclaims, "Who's bad? Any enemies that might on the screen are gone." And when you come out of the blackout, and I wouldn't realize it till later, but you also, your entire life meter gets replenished for that too. So you're kind of always most ready for the the boss battle, Final. you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then Bubble starts pointing you in the direction of where you can find the boss battle. He like, so he's on your shoulder and he like either points up if you're below or down if you're above it. So you have to go to another floor and then left or right if you need to, whichever direction you need to go to find the thing. So in this case, he's pointing you to the piano on the lower level on the lower right, right? And I suppose now is appropriate before we really get into the video game narrative any further. Let us talk Bubbles the Chimp uh, in, in his history, right? <laughs> so Bubbles was born on April 30th, 1983 in Austin, Texas at a research facility. And I'm absolutely sure it was the one where the chimps were taught to fly in the 1987 film Project X, starring Magic, Matthew Broderick and Helen Hunt. And have you seen that movie? That does not ring a bell. Oh my god, dude! It's such a good movie, and absolutely doesn't mean up. I haven't seen it, but it just doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Uh, dude, you, there's just—I mean, <laughs> it's huh. dude. It's a. There are chimps. There, the, Virgil is this chimp's name. And he that is the, sounds familiar. He Maybe is the I top, have seen it. He is the top supporting character. Like he is a fucking movie star in this movie. This fucking monkey. So, which is not the first time that's happened. There's the orangutan in every which way but loose, and the other one that's almost the same name with Clint Eastwood. That are also hilarious, fantastic movies that you have to see if you've not seen them. They're so good, and those are comedies. So those are uh, way. They're it's a way different vibe. Like Project X is fucking like Project X. I don't know for sure. I didn't do a deep dive on the history of it, but Project X was probably initiated by a producer uh, or some money or something that had the intent of like research chimp welfare, like trying to better research chimp welfare because (laughs) it's like, it's like a really, really good. I think not that I'm hanging out at fucking chimpanzee research facilities, but it's a really, really good, 
look at the downsides of that and you know it humanizes these fucking chimpanzees in a really good way. It's really fucking well done. I mean, it's Helen Hunt, who's fucking fantastic, and Matthew Broderick, also fantastic. Cast is great, uh, even aside from the monkeys. <laughs> it's fucking, it's really good, you know. There's one There's one that smokes, the one chimp that smokes the whole time, and he's like, oh, it's fucking, it's so good. It's such a good movie. That's um, crazy. But it is brutal, too. It's, it's definitely got a very, a really heart-wrenching fucking part to it. So anyways, uh, uh, Mike would somehow get wind of this joint, this research facility, and get a hair up his ass for owning a chimp, and he would buy bubbles in 1985 for the aforementioned 65 grand, supposedly. The, the, yeah, that, per, that particular report suggested that he had come from this research facility and then got into the hands of a trainer, and the trainer was actually where he bought it from, but it's a little fuzzy as far as the exact whatever. But either way, he gets Bubbles in 1985, so Mike now has a chimp, and you bet your sweet ass he's going on tour with the chimp. There's a <laughs> – during the 1987 Bad World Tour, there's a photo of Bubbles – and Jackson drinking tea with the mayor of Osaka, Japan, in Japan. Like, the fucking, it, it is the mayor, Michael, and Bubbles sitting at a little round table <laughs> drinking tea. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here, Mike. Get the fuck out we're of just here. Dispu- we're just discussing world peace. <laughs> with fucking Bubbles. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and you know, yeah, exactly. You know, he referred to him by his name. There was no mention of him being a chimp. Like Bubbles was just a dude that he was hanging out with. <laughs> Which it should be. If you're gonna have a chimp, that's got to be how you handle it. But in Mike's case, it's funnier for whatever reason. You know, oh, it's just so good. So when not touring the world with the world's biggest pop star, Bubbles lived at home like any regular pet chimp. Initially, he lived in the Jackson family home in the Encino neighborhood of Los Angeles. And what a fucking intense pet like dump off by your kid. That would be like, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to work. So I'm just going to leave my chimpanzee here for 37 weeks or so. Okay, bye. <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Just stay at the family house with parents. That's crazy as fuck. And like, <laughs> you know, like I don't give a shit how well trained he was. Like I said, the, when I was reading that, when I was reading around uh, for information for the economic analysis, I'm like looking at like pint, uh, pint, uh, at chimp care websites like how to care for a chimp websites and like that there was one blurb i remember specifically that was so funny dude. it was like it was like in bold letters it's like like do not leave your like you have to have an enclosure for them you cannot leave your like they cannot be trusted to be left in your actual home alone <laughs> like, like you would just let it fucking chimp go with the expectation it's not gonna just destroy everything <laughs> How fucking stupid do you gotta be? Oh god, I was in fucking oh, it was so funny. I was dying looking at that. So good. But you know, this mother chip Mike doesn't care. Funk me breaks everything and let's buy it again, right? So this motherfucker did just live at, at, uh, at his both his parents' house, clearly not an enclosure there. And then eventually they would get fed up with that shit and he'd have to go home with Mike. And Bubbles would move to the Neverland Ranch up in Santa Barbara. Which, that's its own whole tangent we could get into if you wanted to. If you don't know what it is, I don't know, Google it. It's like a fucking compound he built with a zoo and all this shit. So yeah, I'm like, naturally, that makes sense where Bubbles would be. Like, <laughs> the Neverland Ranch. The fact that they would call that name is insane. The Neverland Ranch? Who calls their house a fucking ranch? The only other ranch I know of that's famous is the Starwalker Ranch. And that's like a, a movie-making <laughs> facility. You know what I mean? Like... What the fuck do you mean the Neverland Ranch? Like, Neverland too. Like Maybe oh my it was god, an ranch. I mean, I oh know. god, I he had like the you. children's <laughs> fucking amusement park and shit. The Macaulay Culkin's hang on. There's just oh, 
We're not going to get into that part of this, but holy fuck. <laughs> While at Mike's, it's known he would sleep in a baby crib in Mike's bedroom. He would use Mike's probably gold-plated toilet shitter. I also saw an account that he would eat candy while watching flicks in Mike's personal movie theater. Picture that. Picture that in your mind. I don't even know if Mike's there. In my mind, Mike's not there. <laughs> He's just in a movie theater, a personal movie theater at Mike's house at the Neverland Ranch, eating fucking what? Red vines? What's he eating? What's he eating? Starburst? What's he fucking pieces, eating? Man, come on. Yeah, it's like going home. He's watching ET, <laughs> eating Reese's Pieces. Watching fucking movies. And like, think about that. Bubbles isn't putting the movie on himself. Bubbles has someone manning the projector. He's got a fucking person on payroll. Running a projector for bubbles to eat candy and watch movies in the fucking Neverland Ranch movie theater. Whoa. whoa. What a life. What a whoa. What a fuck. <laughs> Crazy as fuck. I tried so oh, – I, I read this thing about the shitter. I wanted so badly to find a picture of bubbles on Michael's shitter. Unfortunately, not the case. But <laughs> I'm sure it was funny. I did, however, find a Daily Mirror article about bubbles being banned from a recording studio in West Hollywood for – and I quote – throwing poo. <laughs> uh, uh. So this article has a quotation for an anecdote from Toto singer Steve Luke Ather. Do you know who Toto is? Jay? I, yeah. I I've I, that's I've heard. I've okay. heard. I don't know that who familiar. that is. So they're on record here with the following quote. He stopped bringing Bubbles sick, you know, whatever, the chimp, maybe he said, because he tore apart the vocal booth and threw shit against the wall. Ugh. That just ripped that fucking booth to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> they banned him from the studio. But Michael was cool, man. He was a pro. He'd sing his ass off. <laughs> so, my, so Bubbles is just like, you know, he's just fucking, I don't know, just gallivanting around fucking Hollywood, tearing shit up at his, at his fucking leisure. And Mike, you know, like, can you imagine like, you know, You'd guess Mike's not, I don't know, maybe Mike is in the booth for some of it. He breaks some shit and Mike's just kind of like, oh, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go into the booth. Say, say you own the studio, right? And you're, or you're the technician. You're, yeah, that's the thing. You're, the owner's probably not even there that could at least like make this call and be the one responsible for it. You probably got some employee in a booth watching this happen. Like I'm going to have to explain to my boss. Why I didn't stop this chimp from destroying the fucking thing. But it's Mike. You're not going to walk in there and tell Mike right? shit. I'm like, I'll well, say Mike. Like, I'm tell Mike a fucking thing. So you got to just sit there and watch this chimp destroy the fucking recording booth all day long. <laughs> like, oh, God. It's, uh, there's so many good things, you know. So many good things. Oh, I fucking love it. Okay. So by 2003, like I mentioned earlier, Bubbles has matured into a large and aggressive adult chimpanzee that is unsuitable as a pet, like so many captive chimpanzees or wild animals of any kind become, and or wild animals in captivity become. And he was sent to a California animal trainer. It wasn't, they didn't say the same one, so I'm guessing it was a different one that he came from originally. And when the trainer closed his operation in 2004, Bubbles was moved to the Center for Great Apes, a sanctuary in Wachula, Florida, where he has lived since 2005. So, you know, clearly Mike's dead now. But even before that, Bubbles was off off on his own, but living his own life. And chimps live a long time. Bubbles is still alive. Bubbles is 39. Bubbles outlived fucking Mike. So, but, <laughs> uh, well, not Mike. Sorry, Mike lived the 50 and some change, I think. But I'm just saying he's like outlived them as far as 
whatever. And so he lives out his days as the dominant male in a seven chimp family network where he paints in his spare time. And this is where what the, the this is where the photo behind me comes into play, Jay. <laughs> This is a this is a this is a this is a bubbles original from 2011 here behind me. <laughs> <laughs> that is just perfect. Oh, in 2017, I found an article from 2017 where what is described as five abstract works <laughs> painted by bubbles were sold at an art gallery in Miami for a little over five grand. And yeah, look what's behind me, Jay. Yeah, they're fucking abstract. They're fucking chip playing with paint in a fucking, you know, like it's not a fucking painting. It is fucking paint that a chimp put on a canvas. It is not a painting. It's a fucking, just a bunch of splotches, man. <laughs> That's like a, a Michael super fan with money. It's like, oh, I got Bubbles' yeah. original artwork. Nobody got this. Like, it, You know, to be, to be fair, though, it is abstract nonsense art, artistically, but it's, not the most abstract nonsense I've ever seen as far as something that could be hanging on someone's wall. So whatever, man, art's open to interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> right. This, this picture, if you're, not, if you're not watching the video version, this will be on our socials for sure. So don't worry about not seeing it, but holy fucking shit, dude. Bubbles the fucking chimp. <sighs> That's all I got on bubbles for now. Once you, <laughs> once you get the piano or get to the piano in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the video game, bubbles bails off your shoulder. Uh, so he doesn't hang out for the boss battles. And then Mr. Big walks out from screen right and talks a little shit as he crosses his arms and settles into a hearty laughing animation. And then a big word bubble comes up that says, ha, 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 you'll never catch me. And I can't believe they didn't give us a voice sample for this. Like, it blows my mind that that's not a voice sample. But He's so, he's so nondescript. They just wanted to use your imagination like Mr. Big. He's a concept. Like, I yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You're, you always got some some good justifications, Jeff. You're, you're always good for fucking giving a little reprieve on the cynicism. It's nice. <laughs> uh, but it, it is at least a very fun, huge, and ornate text bubble. I'll give him that. And then he walks back off the screen before you can stomp his ass. He can hurt you though. If you go over and try to kick him, if you try to do the thing where like you would normally you would normally do in a game like this, where you're like, I'm I know I can't kill you, but I'm gonna come over and just kick the shit out of you until you fucking leave. Like, no, you'll get hurt doing that. So Don't again, do that. just a unique <laughs> thing that like not every video game does, you know? So that's kind of funny. And then a bunch of the Fedora grunts start spilling onto the screen from both sides and swarming you up on the piano. And there's a shit ton of them, but you can easily fend them off with basic kicks. Like, front, you don't have to get off the piano even. So it's pretty easy boss battle. I don't know. I assume you didn't have any trouble with this, right? Just I had no trouble, but I didn't do that. All I did was dance magic them all. We did a, a one, oh, really? one big dance number, and they all died, and I moved on. Uh, I'm so, You know what? I can't believe I didn't do that more often for the bosses. Once I, like, Dude, I know why was... I didn't do it here, because I didn't realize yet that there was no carryover for your life from one stage to the next. So yeah, like uh, that's to be said, like you, you, you know, you only need to stay alive for the, till you find bubbles or till bubbles comes and you get replenished. And then after you beat the boss, your life is fully replenished too, going to the next stage. So yeah, there's not, you, you don't have to worry about the economy of, of, of your HP. So you, you know, that's the, obviously like we mentioned during the instruction manual, that's the reason not to fucking overuse that shit. But yeah, I can't believe I didn't do that in some of those cases. God damn it. Dude, I didn't use my- it enough. 
you don't. You know, my strategy. Like, let me get to the bosses, uh, like with as much magic as I have, because if there's gonna be a swarm of them, dad's battle, dad's magic, full uh, dad's so magic upset. time. I do that more often than I hate myself. <laughs> I hate that I'm so anal retentive and conservative with fucking. <laughs> uh, I hate it. I need, to, I, need to, I need to. I need to let loose, Jay. Gotta, you live gotta, and you learn, Josh. You, yeah. we all we all take different. I don't paths, know. Different strategies. This is episode sixty nine of this podcast. <laughs> we played a lot of video games. Now I don't think I'm learning anything in, in this category. <laughs> to be honest with you, Ugh. some things are just hardwired, Jay. You can't change them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so once you do frag them all, however you go about that, Katie runs in from screen right and starts running in place with her little yellow teddy bear dangling from her hand. And you have to walk up to her. Mike auto-performs his little spin-reveal dance move, and we're out on the level. And those are, you know, it's uh, we kind of touched on it when we were talking about the music video, but like those, like that is the exact little girl that's in the Smooth Criminal video. She's like looking through the mm-hmm. eye slit on the door, and yeah. like that's she's kind of what the whole thing's about. So uh, that's you know when I'm you know you're first playing this. It's still weird that it's just her a million times over in the game. It's and then, you know, and you're just talking about, I'm sure, like development limit limitations and time and money, and then also storage cart shit. You know, there's like, I'm sure that plays into it, but it's still weird as fuck that it's the same little girl over and over and over again. And that it it, it makes it only weirder to me that there is when I found out because I had played some of the game before I started watching those videos. So when I found out that it was a little girl with a real life or live action representation, it made it even weirder for me. You know what I mean? It like up the weirdness that it wasn't just some abstract grouping of pixels that this was like representing an actual human yeah. being, even if only a fictitious one, it would make it weird. It made it even weirder for me. But. This would be, this would be a cool thing. I mean, it'll, it'll never happen now with Michael gone, but like if this game was remastered and they just, you know, just had well, a bunch of different kids, you know, don't, don't, don't say that. Michael's estate is alive and well. I actually just saw, like, literally just the other day, because I've been Googling Michael shit constantly, so now Google is showing me Michael fucking Jackson news (laughs) on repeat, basically. I just saw the other day that some songs that he supposedly recorded or they sampled his music for 50 Cent tracks from, like, 2004, their videos and the music were pulled off of YouTube and iTunes for, because of some licensing bullshit and there is speculation that it's not even Mike that they like I don't know I don't know I like <laughs> I had I don't know I don't even I don't know what that means even I didn't read the article fuck them but like <laughs> you know like uh, you know I don't know that they like had an impersonator I don't know I have no idea what they're suggesting there but like Mike's estate is alive and well is what I'm, is what I'm saying like Mike's is, and alive and active I should say so that nothing is out of the question as far as monetizing Mike's likeness slash music slash IP slash whatever. So you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so let me move on to round one, two. You're still at club 30 again. And the interstitial between stages is you get a point tally screen. That's just text. And then it like counts the fucking remaining time down and tells you how you did against the, like whatever quoted estimated time you should have for the bonus. And then you get a stage start with that Mike headshot that woos at us. And then we're back into the, the next stage. So your life bar is, yes, completely refilled. Uh, this is where I would first re- re- uh, figure that out. I wouldn't realize that it gets refill- refilled on the Katie stuff until 4-1. So like I played over half the game, or exactly half the game, I guess, 
before I realized that. So yeah, again, I just, you know, that's why I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't fucking, I thought it was more precious than it was. And I didn't, I didn't embrace wow. it like I should have. I, I probably, I probably played a, a few levels before I realized the KD stuff, like, because the first few are so easy. It just kind of like I flew through without really thinking about it. Right. So it was probably like, I don't know, two, th- two, three or three, one before I was like, oh, the KD's actually replenished. Ah, uh, okay. You yeah. know, when I kind of needed a little bit more and I was like, oh, I wish I had some full dance magic here. <laughs> Word. Not me. Uh, otherwise, though, <laughs> this level is same look, same enemy, same shit. You you do start on a middle floor here where you can see stairwells going down. And there's even dudes like storming up the steps and waves from them. But uh, I still like I didn't. I assumed that was like the previous level. Like I didn't I didn't think that I could go down when I first started this oh. level. So, yeah, so I did. I went all the way up. And then ran out of Katie's to find checking what I thought was everything before I like backtracked and realized I could go downstairs and and find the last few. And there are six Katie's here to find. So that probably means there's only six. You never get like it going down, I don't think, in the game. So there's probably six in that first level as well. And they're all in closets in this case. And then when Bubbles comes out, he directs you to the top left corner of the level for the boss battle. And Mr. Big comes out. He does that exact same spiel again. And then four Fedora dudes with guns and white suits come in from both right and left sides of the screen. And they're coupled up, two to each. And they will plant and shoot at you. So you have to duck those shots. And the dudes on the left will use the two pinball machines that are in this arena to muck up your ability and hit them. And I don't think we said that. Like the... You're always confined to a one screen width for these. So they are absolutely boss arenas. You're, you can't move through the level and, and change your environment. So you always get, especially later on, like I would see it coming. I'm like, when I would be going through the stage, I would see some shitty part environmentally. I'm like, this is where the fucking boss battle is going to be. <laughs> you know? like, do I want to jump up on that platform now? It's probably a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even before, I'm saying before I would even be getting directed to it, though. Like, going through the first pass of the stage, ah, okay. I would see, like, a shitty part, like, like the water area in the fucking forest or whatever. And be like, ah, oh, that's where the fucking boss, I could see it coming, you know. Because they, yeah, the, these, you know, none of these levels are huge and sprawling, really. And there would only be one or two, like, really fucked up parts to them that stood out you know so it, it was even more easy i think to to kind of identify that stuff in advance but it doesn't matter you get directed there you can't change it so it doesn't matter but so yeah so they'll plant and shoot and then uh they take multiple hits to die too, maybe four or five each so that's a complicating factor from the first stage boss battle situation but still pretty cake not really that hard the pinball shit too that and that's honestly one of the harder that would be, I would say that would remain the case throughout the game. That would be one of the harder complicating things is just when they would put something where you couldn't drop down to duck level, basically. Like some sort of elevated platform in a part of the the arena where you're having to interact with the bad guys. So you would have to, because you, you a lot of them had a, a ducking would kind of nerf what they could do to you. So if you couldn't duck at will and you had to like essentially hit another button to drop down to the next level to be able to duck, that would complicate these battles a little bit. So that that's present here with the pinballs. You can't even, I don't think you can even drop below them. I think that you're forced to remain yeah, this, at that height. This is all just sounds like foreign language to me. Like I, you're, t- you're talking about battles here. I, the battle. we, we had a, we had, a, we did a dance number and they were gone. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. Like, I, uh, I hate that. I didn't do that. <laughs> 
What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Ron, <laughs> who hurt me? I know who hurt me. <laughs> uh, round one, three, club 30 uh, is, is also more of the same. The stairway onboarding problem really got into my fucking nerves here. There's a lot of stairs. And just, yeah, I would just like backing up, inching forward, hitting up over and over. And, and even that wouldn't work like. You know, I'd have to like reset and retry. I just couldn't believe how much fucking uh, how frustrating it was. And then uh, you also get like you'll be doing that, and like you cleared this, like you obviously going to clear the fucking screen off before you start trying to do that if it's not working right away. And because you're just moving around a little bit, it would respawn the grunt sometimes too. So I'd have to stop mid attempt oh, and like man. yeah, I was I had just so much trouble with it. I can't believe that it was just flawless for you the whole time. That's crazy to me. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't believe you had troubles. That's that's surprising. I had more troubles, like, looking for Katie's on this stage because I didn't – this is the first level that I had to, like, go back and open windows because I didn't think that was, like, a place. So I was just kind of yeah. walking around like, what am I doing? Where's the Katie's yeah. at, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, until, like, a black cat jumped out and hit me. Then I was like, oh, oh. the windows. Like, I think it was yeah. an accident, like, that I opened a window, right. too. Yeah. Yep, yeah, and then, yeah, in that case – uh, the cat, and there's later ones too. We'll get to, but you have that, like, you know, you got to pay. You got to be on your toes when you're doing that. Yeah. When you're checking those places, you got to be on your toes. Enemies can come out of them. These random things that are like environmental dangers come out of them. Like it's yeah, they're they're meant to be booby traps. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's seven Katie's here. You have to use one of those white fire escape stairwells here. So there's no way around it. So. I yeah, couldn't figure out my fucking life how to do this. Uh, I had to Google it. So you also had, a, had so if you didn't watch the 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 demo, like how did you? So it's funny. Like the first time, I just somehow just did it easily. Like whatever buttons I tried, no problem. You know, it came back. And so the next time, I was I was up on top and I couldn't get. I was like, what is going on? I just kind of moved on and just kept doing other things through the level because you know I still had to find the Katie's. And so I think going back down, I ended up like like hitting it with magic or something from underneath, and it dropped. I was like, "Oh, there we go. Yeah. Now I can go back up." Yeah, you need to stay on the table and do, just do the magic attack with the the the, the hold where you. Yeah, but I uh, thought I had I thought I'd find a way to do it and knock it down. And I was like, "How come I? Why am I uh, not working?" So yeah, dude, I was I was jumping up and doing the hand thing, fucking hitting it, like bumping my head into it, and like. But I spent like seven seconds on it. I was like, "Forget out." It's not just clearly. I spent longer than that. I mean, I don't know how long. I don't know, you know, probably 20, 30, which is too long to try to do some basic ass thing, you know, before having to fucking uh, uh, look it up. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go back to the demo. I, I, I'm, but I did remember seeing it in the demo. And uh, that's why I Googled it. I was like, I know that if I, you know, can, can, can find it if I just look it up. So. Whatever the case, uh, yeah, fucking, you gotta make that come down, and then you can go up there and find the last of them. And then Bubbles takes you to the top right of the stage, just past the host stand for the boss battle, and same Mr. Big bullshit again. Then a single white suit fedora dude with a gun acrobats out and demonstrates some fairly ridiculous hops. I would say his his his, <laughs> his fucking hops are fucking like you know at least two thirds <laughs> of the way up the screen, if not more, three quarters. And he takes maybe somewhere between six and ten hits, I would guess, to be toast. Very easy. Did you also? Is he also dance move? I, I did not dance magic him. I was, okay, I was hitting him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd be curious to know if because the other ones, the first ones, obviously, are one hits those dudes with the guns, and two are just like two or three, four hit, like lesser. 
but I'd be curious to know if the dance attack kills these dudes or or not. Yeah, I mean, he was jumping and shooting, so it was kind of just like, all right, let me just let me meet you where you are and adapt. You know, yep. Yep. that was my strategy. So that's it for Club Thirty. We then move on to round two one, and this is the street environment and the stage start screen here has michael moonwalking out from screen right so you get a different animation too for the beginning of each one of these on top of the the different music cue and all the way up to screen left before doing that twirl move where he where he pushes the back of his hat up with one hand and snaps his wrist out in front of him with the other and then holds in place and then that image tiles all the way back across the screen whence he came and the stage name appears below that And then cut to the front facade of Club 30 at night, the dark, empty street out in front of it. This was the image that was in the last segment uh, behind me. And then the door opens on the bar, and Mike pirouettes out of it into the street, and then Beat It rips in. Beat it, bro. This song is, this is my favorite one for sure. We I, we already discussed this, uh, I think, in the MAGA, but this is my favorite song. <laughs> it is so goddamn good. And it also means, yes, it's time to talk about the music video for it. And this is not nearly the production that Smooth Criminal was, but it's still cool as shit. And it's way before my cable time also. It premiered in 1983 on MTV, so I mean, I fucking, I mean, I was two, so it wouldn't have mattered if I, if I did it, <laughs> Cable. <laughs> but it did feel a little more familiar to me anyway, so I mean, it had been around long enough where you just, it just works its way into your fucking periphery, even without Cable. Like, I'm, I just found some way to see it, you know, where it, it did seem familiar to me, but the production for this one is really fucking cool, the production story. First of all, his label, CBS, it, they refused to, so this is like, you know, 83, this is early, early Mike, and they refuse to pay for the video. So that's how insane is that even? That like CBS. What were they thinking? What like, were they what, what were they what were they thinking? Right, yeah. What were they fucking like, thinking? What was your justification? Right. Well, you know, uh, it's At funny too what what ended up I guess it was later and he was probably making more money and that's why, you know, it, probably, it was not motivated by an actual initiative to do good things or be on Michael's fucking best interest or whatever. We'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, it's just weird that, that, yeah, they weren't willing to do this. So yeah, so he financed the 150K production cost of this video out of pocket. So indie filmmaker Mike, the legend grows even fucking bigger. Right? And it has like this, <laughs> it has this very gritty, low budget feel to it that I fucking love, you know? Like it has like a very, very DIY vibe to it. And they shot this shit on location in Skid Row in L.A. So they hired around 80 actual gang members, Bloods and Crips, like from the streets as BG for it. And like, you know, it's just it's just a testament. I mean, I, you know, he's probably not out there himself fucking doing that, I imagine. But still, like the fact that, you know, you're putting yourself into that environment is crazy. And like. It's also a testament to, like, that he can put himself in that environment and it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, he's that. Like, All right, cool. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, that. He's that, no one that 
it's also just a different time that even gang members are less fucking uh, uh, not violent, of course, but like less. I don't know, just less fucking something, less, 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 well, that, less so likely to do some thing. crazy like, shit. The gangs are originally formed for like different reasons. So that's a whole, that's a whole nother sure. thing. That's yeah, yeah, definitely a different time. True enough. True enough. True enough. Yeah. Just, I, but it, I think, yeah, I, I think it goes beyond just the gang dynamics and just the dynamics of society as a whole of the time that like you could put, you know, if you put 80 non-gang members and just drop Mike in to that now or a Mike figure type figure, I think something bad would happen. So, like, you know, like it doesn't have to be gang members, I think. So just, yeah, very different time. But so, yeah, so the, the actual music video itself is fittingly about two gangs fighting which Mike breaks up and gets them to dance together in the end. And it's, you know, it's got the whole, like they grip each other's wrists and they're like, you know, fucking, it's just great, man. It's fucking really, really good. The song is fucking fantastic. Uh, great, 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 great. Any, and any and good to this day, if you look it up on YouTube, it's got 836 million views. Just think about that for like eight, for a video, for something that came out long before uh, there YouTube, were videos yeah. that you could look at online. 836 <laughs> yeah. million. So yep. I'll leave it there. Yep. It's fucking great. It's fucking <laughs> great. Uh, so there are, yeah. And they like, you know, it's got the diner thing. It's just, it's just yeah, it's a really good. Like there are documentaries about that video and like different people from that video and characters that did the like unique figure. Like there's just so much. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that, like that's that lead, a whole other thing on itself. Yeah. That <laughs> lead dancer is like, you know, he's like one of the most renowned choreographers in history. Him and Mike choreographers, the choreography. Choreograph, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Choreograph this thing together. Like, yeah, there's just, yeah, I mean, this one, it's earlier and grittier, so it doesn't have, like, someone who became a famous actor for him or anything. But, like, yeah, I mean, just you know, anything that came from his shit just became huge. Like, just became oh, yeah. huge, you know. Uh, just being part of this, well, even fucking, who knows? I mean, just being a dancer in one of these videos was probably, like, a fucking golden ticket to any dance job you right. want the rest <laughs> of your life. Uh, great. Really fucking cool. So stage two one, there are six Katie's to find here. They're sitting in the street. They're in dumpsters <laughs> as well as behind more doors and windows. And yeah, how fucking crazy. They're in dumpsters. That's crazy. <laughs> you start to find the time bombs here. And the, the, the second building has a window that one will fall out of. And when you spin, reveal it. And these things are in this case, not always, as you'll find later. But this one counts down from three real quick as fuck and then blows up as bombs do. And it can, yeah, it can even hurt you as it's falling out the window, which I think one sucks. And two, honestly, was the bigger threat and the more frequent one that I got hurt by was fucking it just falling out of the fucking window you know so i think that kind of sigh that's probably the most annoying like enemy or whatever in the game was those fucking things i think yeah the grunts here are wise ass street kids hanging on the roofs of buildings sitting on cars leaning against lampposts as the usual cool guy poses or in usual cool guy poses and there's also this is where the dobermans are and they will they will run out and then bark at you before attacking. And it's, it's funny, like, I don't know why when you kick them and, like, kill them, they fly off the screen, like, real far, real like, weird. Hey, hey I don't the know. dance magic. Like, he doesn't want to kill them. He just wants to, like, right. push them away. With I guess, yeah, and I can't remember offhand. I guess, yeah, do the guys, like, fall down and disappear? Can you? Yeah, you can see them disappear, I guess. Maybe that's what it is. That just like with the women, like, you know, he's like doing making some level of video game effort to differentiate the 
the way they get you you rid of the world of them and the environment of them. So there are also a couple SWAT cop types with assault rifles and protective gear over by the dumpster. It's the first time you encounter those, and that will become a repetitious thing as the game progresses. But it takes forever to to enact it, but eventually they will fire bursts of, of bullets you have to duck beneath. Like, they take forever to, to actually fire. But do, yeah. And you have to work your way all the way to the right at street level, then use the aforementioned dumpster to climb up onto the wall and work your way back to the left. And the last KD is on the roof in the top left corner of the stage, and then Bubbles leads you back to the dumpster for your boss battle. And yeah, this is the first time that I actually thought to use the the dance thing just to literally look at it. I, I mean, I don't know if I used it in the game the rest of the time other than just to make that video really? that I posted because making the Doberman's dance is hilarious, of course, you know, so. I mean, they, I feel like you kind of have to use it here. Like, there's so many dudes that come out, like it seems. So it's like, dudes just start I, spilling out. I, so it's like, oh I yeah, still I'm didn't. dance. I'm We're a psychopath. I still didn't do it in the boss, dude. Yeah, they, they yeah, it's a swarm situation. It It's strange, like the, it's all four corners of the screen, basically, they stream in from. So you have like a, the wall, thing for the upper level and they come in on that and then they come at ground level two and yeah i was just yeah i don't know what the fuck's wrong with me like i like i'm just like kicking each side of me and then i'm jumping up and doing the hand attack to each side See, I mean, it was kind of that's part of it is like they were always until later on pretty easy to deal with with melee too because like it you know yeah. they're always unless they're unless they impose some sort of environmental thing like i talked about like it's it usually like in a central place and they're just coming in from one of those four access points and there's like it's either just the jump to the left or right or the ground attack left or right you know and like sometimes you got to work in a duck to duck under some projectile shit that they'll do right. but uh, yeah i would just i fucking did it with melee and whatever they're all they were all one hitter quitters so it, it wasn't particularly hard but it probably was a lot more fun to do the dance attack <laughs> So that's that. You move on to 2-2, and you start at one of those old-school cage elevators, which was a cool, nice touch. I liked that. And this elevator is in a parking garage, and there are seven KDs. They're in car trunks, and it's really disturbing game, man. Like, right. car trunks, dumpsters, alone in dangerous streets, like, fucked-up places for little girls to be hanging out, you know, so weird. I trekked across the bottom floor and kind of looked around with a what-the-fuck moment before realizing that you could operate these elevators. I didn't realize that at first, so. Yeah, I uh, went all the way over to the right, and I was like, yeah. <clears throat> More Katie's to find. Maybe the elevator <laughs> actually works. You know, like right. I just I assumed it was background until I went to the right and yep. couldn't really do anything else. Yeah. Well, even then, I still had to go all the way back and be like, oh, probably the elevator. And then, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, nice touch, though. And there are bombs everywhere on this level, fucking car bombs and trunks. And many of them only have a one count on them that blow up right there in the trunk, which is extra suck. And I actually think I like those more, though, because they like the, the three count ones spring out of the trunk. Yeah, it's not, it's not just a fall. Mm. They like they like spring out of the of the fucking trunk. So they're like, yeah, when you think about it, you know, try to role play that uh in in the parlance of jab and fucking like, yeah, they're like spring-loaded <laughs> trunk bombs, you know, fucking crazy ass level of of sabotage effort here by these street kids. And I noticed here that the wise-ass grunts kind of do a karate kid crane kick pose right before they attack you, and I fucking love that. That's really fun. <laughs> And you're, of course, working your way to the roof here of the parking garage, and there is a pretty slick nighttime sky or city skyline backdrop that awaits Bubbles' direct near the middle of it for the boss battle. 
And this is a procession of the SWAT dickheads from both sides of the screen. And this is a situation where, yeah, the cars being present make it a little hard to jump around and stay beneath the gunfire burst, the lay down. So there's a little bit of difficulty there that I'm sure you didn't encounter because you just did the dance move. (laughs) (laughs) Do the dance, actually, since you used it enough, I didn't think of this, but does each enemy sprite have their own dance animation or do the dance animations change? Do the songs change? Like what? The songs changed. Um, I don't know that I play like they all were pretty uniform. Like if you think of just a dance troupe, like yeah, the four dudes on the outside, two just like they pretty much do the same things, but like the people on the left are gonna mirror the people on the right type of okay. thing. Yeah. Copy. Okay, okay. Uh, but I definitely still had not died yet to this point. So I was okay. just chilling. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't think I died yet either, I'm pretty sure, but I quickly discerned I could just, yeah, duck in the middle of the screen and wait for them to trundle into duck attack range. And and actually, to, I mean, to, to the point of how easy this is, I guess, maybe to say, one of the fuckers never did walk over and eventually just walked off the screen and the battle ended. Really? Like, yeah, the, the la- I didn't even kill the last one. I just walked away, <laughs> which was, I don't know, it's crazy to me, you know? See, so yeah, I was starting to wonder whether these would ramp up at this point. I was thinking to myself, like, are these boss battles going to change and get more difficult? And, like, you know, I know I'm only on level two, but... Still, like we're kind of we're kind of talking a third of the way through the game here at this point, and like you're getting one at the end of every level, so it's not like only the second one we found or anything. So five of them in, I was kind of like, is this going to ramp up at all? Yeah. Ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> <laughs> so then we move on to the third round of the streets thing, and there's a really cool design in this one. It's ha- like half parking garage and half street, you know. And there are manhole covers you can remove with your magic spin and then drop down into the sewer for a few KDs. There's eight of those total in this level. And Bubbles takes you to a building with the car parked, rather to the buildings with the cars parked out front in the lower right. And the boss battle is a Doberman Brigade with a lead dog you have to prioritize. Like he's the only one you can hurt. And he kind of just like calls out grunts continuously until you frag him. So... Yeah, this was easily a whole new level of boss battle for for me. I don't know. Did was it? Did you have trouble with this? Yeah, on two three, I was like, yeah, still haven't died. Dot dot dot, and then I died because the dogs killed me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I definitely died of them. <laughs> it probably was my first. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, I mean that. Uh, I definitely. Well, actually, yeah, it is the first time because I realized that when you die after a death against a boss at least i don't know i didn't i haven't i didn't die in the grunt area i don't think at all but you already ha- like you, you you come back with bubbles and it's just taking you to the boss battle you yeah know, you, you do start at the beginning but it takes you directly to the boss battle so you don't have to deal with the bullshit finding katie's thing so that's nice that's a nice which is good because i just came back and just hit him with the dance move after that because i was like man okay, okay all right i died it is possible to die okay you know <laughs> <laughs> and did that kill him in one thing or did you have to battle with lower life after that no, I think that one still killed him in one thing. Like that, that it doesn't happen after this, but okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Copy that. Well, I wish I'd have done that then because yeah, I died a second time too. And I, I had my trouble. Like I happened to just like, I was able to, you know, I died those first couple of times and I pick up on his first few moves, like the movement pattern. And I was able to the third time through, I was able to like beat him to his spots basically mm. just from memory. And I handled it with, I had like half a life bar left on that last time through, but easily uh the most difficult to date that's like when i really first experienced also 
how interesting the reduction of your attack capability as your life drops becomes. Like, yeah, when you, you know, you lose those magic stars in this battle, like, I mean, you're a dead man walking once you yeah. don't have those. So the the movement, you know, they're too fast and you're just not going to get close enough to them to be able to fucking hit them with just the bait. That's just the. When that would happen, attack. it's immediately like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So coming out of this, the cutscene is Mike turning into the car again, and you rocket back the other way, left to right, back over the neighborhood. You know that you that you came into here, which is kind of you know, I don't know. I I was surprised to be able to discern story from that cutscene. You know that just seemed the first time you see it, it's like a joke. It's like a reoccurring joke in the retro yeah, game. Yeah, like community. oh look at that, like yeah, it just turns into a car, you ride whatever. Yeah, it's just like meaningless visual, you know. But yeah, it actually does have purpose. He's now leaving town and going to the woods to. Look for Mr. Big. So that gets us into round three, one, the woods. And by woods, I think they mean cemetery because that's where you start. And oddly, very surprising, it's not Thriller they go with for the music track here. It is another part of me. surprising too yeah, yeah. I'm like interesting choice interesting even choice. though i had downloaded the whole music soundtrack for this and knew that thriller wasn't in there and i still when like i mean I, I think i wrote down initially like and then of course we get thriller and i'm like wait a minute this isn't thriller <laughs> you know go, oh fuck this is not this is another song and this is yeah i don't know another part of me well enough that i was able to immediately discern it as such i had to fucking i know oh, this is your, you, you already said I, this is your favorite but yeah i love another part of me you kidding me okay. so good I didn't, I didn't understand how it fit with the graveyard. Maybe they thought that would be too scary with the combination. I don't know. Right. But yeah. yeah. Or maybe mm -hmm. he was just like, another, Thriller came out in 1983. We need to push the new stuff. Put the new stuff in there. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, and this is, it's funny too. It's, to me, the least known of these tracks. And the video, it does have a video. Uh, it's another 1988 release. But it's just a live performance footage from a Wembley Stadium performance on July 22nd of 88. And that's, goes without saying, comparatively boring relative to the first two, like, really well-done yeah. narrative deals, you know. It does open with a bunch of fan insanity behavior footage that makes me think, like, he was trying to say something with that, you know? Like, highlighting how absurd stardom and people's behavior towards it is, I think, was the message of that. And the clips are absolutely batshit, too. Like, it's kind of wild that they're just part of a music video you know there's like people injuring themselves and being carried away they're behaving like fucking monsters you know uh it's, it's pretty wild crying looking like one person looked like they were almost praying and crying i was like i yeah. know i don't know it's probably just the way it looks but it looks like you're praying and crying yeah. to michael yeah like, what is happening fucking wild man and you know <laughs> it it's also just very interesting i hadn't thought to do this in a very long time watching the video but it's just interesting to watch that fucking guy perform he had just an unreal stage presence you know like I just can't imagine. I mean, I'm getting me to dance in any shape or form uh, is n basically impossible. It, it, <laughs> blows, it blows my mind that at one point we used to go to 
bars and clubs and shit and like dancing with women. I just can't believe I used to do that. It blows my mind. Uh, there's just there's just no chance I would do that now. It's just it's give just, me dancing right now. I was uh, dancing watching these like get uh, up. Like, yes, yeah, to me, it's, it's such a pointless activity to me. It's just I just can't rationalize. <laughs> oh I, oh I, man, get off get off your, it, get off my uh, lawn. It is. Gosh. It's just such an it, it's just such a uh, yeah. It's so pointless. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Uh, I literally don't uh, understand why anyone. I, I I get it as like a. Like in his, like you're, you know, as like a, a well choreographed activity that is meant to tell a story or can, like, you know, like I get it as an art form, but as just like a meaningless, dumb activity for an idiot to be doing in a bar is crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> behavior. It's fucking insane. I agree to disagree. <laughs> like the meat heady, like intent we had, you know, like it just so. Oh, was... well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as I mean, someone who enjoyed dancing, I would happily be the person dancing by myself. Like, I don't care. This is my song. I'm having fun. You got to feel it. You got to feel it, Josh. You just got to feel the music, man. Maybe that's true. Maybe I don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you, you might listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear him. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I can't, I can't ever get the clip. I can't ever get the thing right. It's the white man can't jump boat. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah. I mean, his shit on stage is it's crazy. The fact that he's doing that in front of fucking, you know. Hundred thousand people is in like stadium, like he, yeah, yeah crazy. Insane. It's fucking crazy, such crazy shit. He's fucking wild. So the stage here is a lot of logical graveyard, atmospheric stuff. There's gravestones, fog, uh, ominous color palette, zombies, so on and so forth. The KDs are behind gravestones in these cases, also in bushes, and in some rare cases, they're just sitting crying alone in the fucking cemetery. <laughs> Uh, cool, cool. Seven or eight of them in this state. <laughs> and the zombies are your grunts here. In addition to having pretty cool animation and movement styles, they they dance when in place. You know, thriller dance when in place, and that's fucking awesome. But they notably require two hits to frag instead of just one. So the the grunts are getting harder here. And you gotta like get in that first one and then back up so their jump attack back at you uh, falls short of you and you can get the second hit in. Otherwise, you're gonna take it hit from pretty much every time and they also have some annoying red birds in here that are reminiscent of the cats in stage one and they're small annoying fast difficult to target with mike's clunky ass you know and as much as i you know mentioned earlier like the controls are pretty good it is like he's so tall you know and it's just it is like a you're like a little gangly as far as the battle mechanics go so i don't know if i'd say it's bad but it does you would do take damage at times where you're kind of like fuck i just couldn't fucking get his ass to if I can do what, like, in my mind I wanted to do, it's just not part of the movement set, you know? So, yep. at times that would happen, and it would get highlighted here because of, of the enemies being a little harder. And you have to do a little light platforming here. Or you can, in this case. You don't have to you can, yet. Yeah. You can here. And that's the first time we have that. And that's also not this game's strong suit, I would say. There are, there's two routes to the right side of the stage, and there's an easier bridge on the high ground, or some like, little platformings in what I assumed was water on the lower track. And I guess there's a little more shit to deal with on the bridge. And that's kind of the idea that it's like, you know, more enemies. So you're incentivized to try the platforming maybe. And that's kind of the idea there as far as game design goes. But the shit on the bridge is not imposing enough to not just go the bridge route. <laughs> yeah. I would discover during the boss battle, though, that there are just like. Like you don't like, you know, you don't need to like the, you don't need to use the platforms, basically. Like it's not the water is not dangerous. And there's also 
there's little squares that are slightly raised in the ground even that like it, it's not really even it's nothing like what the fuck is up with that i don't know <laughs> design choice like either put it there or make it hard or make it more, uh, an imposition or an impediment or not like what's the point of, of doing that i don't know i like but, that it wasn't like that that you know the game progressively got harder but like not in ways that you would think I guess. I mean, later on, they do remove those, so maybe it's just an introduction to teach you that water, whatever, I don't know, but whatever. It's probably a little too incremental and unnecessary, in my opinion, too. Like, like you know, I, I you know, just the fact that I'm not dying in the water makes me happy as a retro game player, so, like, slowing, right? me down, slowing me down a little bit, I'm whatever, man. I'm cool with that. <laughs> exactly. As long as you don't make it too much of a thing for the battling. So, speaking of boss battles, we are on to that. Bubbles wants you in the lower right corner of the screen, and it's just a zombie swarm from the usual four entry points. And this is probably fantastic to make fucking do the dance thing. I didn't do that. It requires two hits on these, so they're they're harder, of course. But the ones up top can't get down to where you're at, so they're not actually a threat. Like, they can't drop down. Or at least they don't drop down. I don't know, maybe they can, but they don't. And... The flip side of that, of course, is that you can't get to them either, and that's a little annoying. You have to keep jumping up and hope you you catch their the bottom of their feet as they're jungle jumping around up there because they they do that jump attack constantly. Like once mm-hmm. they get to where, near you or within range of you uh, horizontally, so you know they're not always accessible as far as being on the ground to hit. So it's a little fucking annoying, but whatever. First time trouncing, for sure. Okay. Did you dance attack them? Yep, not a problem. Okay. Next level, it becomes a pro. <laughs> okay so yeah so you go out of the graveyard into a forest here or woods i guess there are eight katies to find a lot of verticality of this gravestone bush hunt and the most annoying part of it is getting hit from unseen zombies jumping up from you uh, at you from below so that's fucking annoying and what what i thought at least was one random shooting star you see at the uh, on the bottom level heading right at the beginning I would learn was not just that, but yeah, I saw that first and I was like, what the fuck is that? I avoided it. You know, did you, how did you deal with that? Seeing that the first time I didn't see a random shooting star on the, on the bottom level on this level. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Did you ever turn into a robot? Not until five, three till the end. Okay. So I didn't even, so I'm like, I'm like, to oh, me, it's shit. not even a thing that happens. Like, it's funny watching replays. I'm like, wow, this happened over and over. And I'm, I think it happens if you have full energy and get another one is what I'm picking up. But clearly that never happened to me until 5-3. Yeah, or, no, you know you, what you, I mean? I don't know how that happened. I just used enough magic along the way, just a little enough that, like, I just never, I don't know how well, that didn't happen. this is the only time it happened to me. So I don't know if oh, there's really? more. There's, I don't know if they're, if they're uh, Loric disciples. Please let us know if you know of more appearances of this, because and you know and, and like here it's 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 kind of it's useless. Like you need it for that. Like that's why they give it to you because like that whole boss battle is designed around that mechanic, you know. So that's why that's there. But here it's like arbitrary and obviously you didn't even find it, so it's clearly not necessary. But yeah, like you get it in the middle of a stage, and in this case, that's where you, that's how it is. It's right at the beginning. So yeah, I like I. Once I realized that this was significant and not just like something that was going to happen a bunch and like maybe I should I want to try to catch it. Basically, I would just I, I started just loading until I was able to figure out that like, like I didn't know if I was catalyzing it. I didn't know what was causing it. I eventually realized it was just getting to a certain place along the bottom that it would happen at, you know, hmm. so. And that was getting that Katie behind the gravestone on the ground floor is what we, is what would cause it to happen. 
so yeah, so I lo- kept loading until I was able to catch it. And this is, yes, how you turn yourself into a robot. And it cuts to, as far as the, the flow chart of that, it cuts to the stage start headshot screen of Mike that you see before each stage. And this flashes a bunch of wild-ass color schemes that could only exist in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, same thing, Trapper Keeper flaps, fl- uh, fucking slapstick bracelets kind of kind of <laughs> colors. And then Mike's face turns to steel, like these kind of... And it's not just like a... Um, it's not a palette swap. It's like a full. Yeah, it's like it's like this. Like bro, it, it reminds me a little bit of the mask that they make Vicky Vale wear, or not Vicky Vale, but the the sidekick girl for Joker when once he fucks her face up. Yeah, like that. I like think bro- Bizarro from Superman comics. If you read those, okay. it's very a broken blocky up. type. Yeah, all yeah. right. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it ends on that, and then it cuts back to the gameplay where Mike has turned into a stone white, like a, a solid color, but still looks like Mike though. And then over a three or four frame animation from that, morphs into a massive steel robot. After which you reassume control of the the sprite. And this thing, so this thing can fly with the C button, and it's like it's a clunky kind of like steel Iron Manny kind of like he stays vertically upright, he doesn't change uh orientation to the ground or anything but you can fly with that and he shoots a bushel if you uh of homing missiles will come out of your head when you hit a and i think this just like the magic attack does take your life i think so it's you know you want to not just spam that i guess and then he also fires a laser beam from his eyes when you hit the b button that you can shoot uh straight ahead or at 45 degree angles uh, up and down, you know, so you have a little bit of control over that. And then I thought you were invincible. And this was a time thing. But later on, I don't think that mm-hmm. or that's not how the boss battle one goes. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It's definitely not time. You can keep that as long as you want to, as long as you don't get hit. So I'm not sure how it is here. I didn't I didn't know enough about it to like really fence test every aspect of it. But it felt to me timed here. So, yeah, you, like, you can kill everything. Like, you're very dominating offensively, but these things respawn. Like, you don't, it's not like you can clear the level out with this. Right, right. And you can't pick up the Katie's. It does, you can see them inside of their hiding spots. So you can see them, but you can't rescue them, which I guess narratively makes sense. He's a fucking big, scary robot. Like, you know. I'll come back, (laughs) you know, whatever. So, you know, I guess it helps you in that you can locate all the Katie's by flying around. But the fact that like, you can't really gain any progress until this goes away and that the enemies come back, make it feel kind of meh. Yeah. It's not, is not, it's not really helpful. It's interesting. I didn't miss anything. No, you definitely didn't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's just weird, man. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I felt it was like a 25, 30 second thing. And yeah, you you know, try to kill a bunch of stuff, and that's fun. And you take st- stock of where the Katie's are, but you got to wait till you switch back into a regular mic to, to actually get any progress in the level. So yeah, it was fucking weird. I don't know. It was a very weird implementation of that to me, especially because, you know, I don't know. Like what I think of is like fucking Dino Ricky, how the super power up for that turned you into the big thing and like it was such a rare thing and it wasn't actually better than the other attack fire torches yeah so yeah that's it, it gave me vibes uh, of that when i when i was really kind of thinking about it 
But boss battle here is up top, and you get rushed from both sides by a bunch of standard-issue zombies, and once you clear all of them, one walks out on each side of you that has a detachable upper body that will fly out and nail your ass, and yeah, this fucking battle sucked dick. <laughs> so many times here. Yeah. I was like, I wrote, I'm not sure how to continue. I keep, you can't, you if you dance magic everyone, you still get these two, and like, they kept killing me before, I'm like, if I just yeah. focus on the top of you, or the bottom of you, I keep getting hit, I keep dying before... Yep. Yeah, I think I think both halves like I think while the 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 torso top half of them is deployed out flying around I think both are invulnerable am I am I right yeah. in that yeah okay. they can't be hit at all right so you yeah so you're so you're just dodging that while that's happening and they do that shit a lot it's not like that's a seldom occurring attack they do that a lot and it can be released at two heights one you can duck under and one you cannot so mm-hmm. you got to jump that one so you can't you know and like I said Mike is not Mike is not a a pillar of dexterity like he is you know Move, quick reactions like that are not his strong suit, which is why platforming is also not the greatest in this. Uh, so, yeah, very difficult to deal with. And um, I ended up, the way I beat it, I, I lucked into pinning them against one side of the screen together so I could cheese them as they jump back onto the screen before they could get set and attack, or I'm honestly not sure how I would have pulled it off. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many times I loaded, but it was a number. Yeah, Same. So. It was so many times. I Did I you get them onto the up- same side? No, no, I ended up like, oh, man. good job. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how it was once I figured out like, okay, I can only hit them when they're freaking put together. Like, no matter what happened, when one of them was fully put together, I was over there. Like, I'm, I'm counting at this dude before he gets a chance to split off again. But obviously they're hitting the other ones hitting you. So I don't know how I ended up getting out of it. I just kept trying over and over and found a way. But it wasn't right, yeah. it wasn't something significant though. I just kind of <laughs> made it through, battle through it of attrition. Word that gets you into round three three, the last of the woods, and it's more spooky forest. Nine Katie's to find, and there's a pretty cool waterfall going down the middle of it, and you have to platform all around both sides of that, even in it a little. And then yes, this is where you definitely learn the water at the bottom slows you down, but does not kill you. Thank you for that, Sega Game Gods. Those goddamn birds are everywhere here in this level. <laughs> that fucking sucks especially on that right hand side fucking they're everywhere they yep. not fun to deal with and bubbles takes you to the bottom of the waterfall for the boss battle so they want that impeded movement the water imposes to be a factor here for sure in the design and it's just two zombies for the boss battle but they are two of the disembodied torso fucks of course and they throw down some kind of rain project projectile as they fly over you and back like body parts or blood or something you know so i mean cool like stepping up of their whatever mechanic, but not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to, this one was easier for me, at least as far as so, how much of time I did dedicate for it though, because you can pin them against the riverbank, like the inside of the river basically, and just stun lock them to death right there. Yeah. So I was able, yeah. That's what I, I did too. The repeated kicks. Like, yeah. oh, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, super happy to fucking log into this. Yeah. yeah I was <laughs> able to take him out the very first time because of that. Like, the smallest sliver of life left, but I, it was the first yeah. battle. Nice. Um, yeah, I actually, like, in <laughs> my battle, like, I accidentally stunlocked the second one too close into him. So, like, the first one was dead, I think. And then I got the second one over there and I stunlocked them, but Mike, my sprite, was too close into him. So, I was taking damage from him even as I was hitting him, you know, and I was so like noited about losing the stun Mm. that I was in a frantic moment of like decision-making of whether I wanted to, to risk backing up 
or just try to ride it out and hope you ran out of life before I did. Cause you yeah. don't know, you know, you don't know how many times <laughs> they don't have a meter or anything, you know? So yeah, I ended up like deciding last second to inch back up and finishing him without losing the stun. I didn't lose the stun thankfully, but yeah, it was, nice. it was probably, yeah, the most, cause even the dog was kind of like, I still had half a meter, like, and I was figuring it out. Like this was probably the, the hairiest battle in the game for me, I would say. With the exception of of one that we'll discuss, <laughs> I'm surprised about that because I, the the battle on three two was harder, and then some of the other ones were harder. But this one was kind of like ah, I, I feel like I beat it on the second try or something. Once I got the stun thing, it was like oh, we're we're good there. You know? Yeah, but yeah, no, it's just it just you know again, just personal experience feels the most fucking significant. Of course, you know your your life feels important. So <laughs> just, yeah, just the the way it went down for me was the most high drama. I'm by no means saying that it was harder because yeah, that sunlock thing was a obviously a, a little bit of a cheese. Not all bosses had cheeses. Most of them had cheeses, but not, not all of them. So. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Magical, mystical, musical, Michael. The undisputed new king of pop and rock, megastar Michael Jackson, is about to take you on a journey beyond your imagination. You won't see it on HBO or Cinemax. Moonwalker. You've been hit by. You've been hit by. Exclusively on Showtime. Saturday. That is a 1988 TV commercial for Moonwalker's premiere on Showtime, the premium movie channel. So, yes. This is an anthology music film I didn't know existed. And exactly <laughs> the game is. We didn't actually cover that. So, like, you know, just in general, this made me realize, like, the further I got into this game and accompanying research, the more I began to think there's nothing weird about this game everyone calls weird at all. It's a simply a brilliant video game representation of a brilliant and huge piece of art. Like, the film's segments are connected by an underlying but overall narrative meant to represent the different stages in Jackson's career and were based on his own view of how his fans idolized him rather than, you know, instead of listening to the messages he was, like, trying to fucking say with his music, right? So, like, that's what Moonwalker was. It was meant to be, like, kind of a correction of how he was being, in his own view, artistically uh, understood. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Smooth Criminal video we discussed earlier is one of the segments in the film. It's like, you know, all, multiple of them are like huge segments of the film. And then, yeah, you know, there's interstitials, like it's, you know, whatever, a, a 90, I, I can't remember the exact runtime on it, but yeah, like a full feature film with all these vignettes that that all make sense together, you know? Wild, fucking just wild. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fucking wild. And yeah, all on Showtime, so not something I caught as a kid. So we're moving now into round four one, the cavern, and Billy Jean will carry us into the caverns. Explain this music video to me, bro. I do not understand what the narrative is. <laughs> Can I explain it? No, I, I can't explain it. I mean, <laughs> so he starts things off by flipping a quarter in that sleeping bum's cup in an alley, 
which turns the bum into a dapper dude in a white suit and wakes him up. So we don't see this dude again until the very end. He's walking out of the alley with a woman on his arm. So, I don't know. One, it's to be noted that it's like, you know, you don't you, these things become pop culture, um, I don't know, mainstays, I guess. You don't even realize it happens. So, like, that quarter-flipping thing with that little sound, that became a thing. Like, that might turn that into a thing. Like, there's that, that Pepsi commercial or Coke, I think it's Pepsi, that was like a Super Bowl commercial or something where, like, they flip it into the machine and, like, some, I can't remember even what happens. But, like, that is, like, when I saw that, I was like, that was the that, that came from these? Holy shit. You know, like, so it's in, <laughs> yeah. he has the exact thing in multiple of his videos. And it's, it's like, yeah, he, like, flips a quarter and it does some amazing thing and has that exact same ping sound effect, you know, like, just wild. Like, I don't know, just, again, just the pop culture Perm perm permanence permeation that he fucking had it was just unfucking real. So yeah, so this quarter that he flips this into this dude's cup turns him into I don't know, makes his life better. Gets him fucking turns him into a, you know a rich dude with a beautiful woman on his arm at the end. And I guess maybe that's the extent of what that means. I don't know. I'm not even, I'm not sure what that. <laughs> I'm not sure how to interpret that part of it. But the rest of the video is seemingly a private eye trying to catch Mike in some shit, but he keeps disappearing just as he's about to get to him and. That's what I interpreted it as, anyways. The song is about Billie Jean not being his lover, and the video seems to allude to this P.I. trying to catch Mike slipping in that regard, but I was not entirely sure. So, what what is your best inter what, what was your best interpretation of the video? I mean, I don't know. See, I, <laughs> I feel like you can't really ask me that because, like, growing up, I've just kind of always had this weird, like, what is this video really about? And so to me, it's just been this thing where he's like, is he the lover? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like he's some kind of, like, somebody, he's being investigated, you know? Like, somebody's, like, checking on him to see, like, are you the scoundrel? Like, did you do this? I don't know. Like, it's... Okay. it's Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, what you're describing, I think, is kind of what I was trying to say about Final Fantasy throughout the whole side quest. How, you know, I, that's not the only instance, but it's the one I'm thinking of. But, you know, like that, I had that strategy guide, and like I looked at that strategy guide a million times. But like a kid looking at something and an adult looking at something are two completely different things. And you allow yourself, once you've established this, like, the way you do it for 30 years, even though that way of doing it was created when you were a kid and ill-informed and improperly thought out you still just let it become a pattern movement even if you're just talking about the movement of a recall and sure. that's that's how you perceive it you know you, but if you actually stop and like look at it from a blank slate the way an adult should assess and try to <laughs> interpret something you get some like holy shit i went a whole lifetime not actually looking at this holy fuck <laughs> you know and yeah that's i can totally buy that as, as an answer but yeah i me i didn't have that so I was looking at it from a clean slate from the beginning, and that is how I interpreted it. And even that wasn't right. <laughs> so like I go into the start doing the research. So this video was debuted on March 10th, 1983. It's Mike's very first on the network on MTV. And it was like a whole fucking thing that that happened, basically. So MTV initially refused to air the video. The network's executives felt black music did not fit into their rock-centered network. So Walter, whoa, right? So Walter Yetnikoff, the president of Jackson's record company, CBS Records, this is what I was alluding to earlier, that it was weird to me that CBS, like, by not paying for that video, was kind of demonstrating not being in his corner. I don't know. It's a little, yeah, that's why it's, it's a little conflicting to me. 
but I can easily get to a terrible answer for that or terrible reason of just, you know, companies are just doing the thing that's in the best interest of their bottom line. And that's why he did this here. It was a marketing stunt probably, but basically Walter Yetnikoff, the president of Jackson's CBS records was enraged by the refusal to play the video in spite of Jackson's success as a musical artist. So Yetnikoff, but he won't pay for the video. Like how hilarious is that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so successful, but we're not going to pay for that video. Yeah. Okay, dude. Uh, so anyways, Yetnikoff threatened to go public with MTV stance on racial discrimination. His exact quote, this is, this is Yetnikoff's exact quote. I said to MTV, I'm pulling everything we have off the air, all our product. I'm not going to give you any more videos and I'm not going to go public and fucking tell them or, and I'm going to go public and fucking tell them about the fact you won't play music by a black guy. And as you might imagine, MTV was like, ah, okay. <laughs> like, oh, let's, we'll, we'll, Maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe maybe that's bad for us. Maybe we'll listen. Okay. You know, so even in the Stone Ages of 1983, MTV said, you have a point. And they relinked, uh, relented, rather, and played the video. And it was like, you know, a fucking nighttime premiere. And was like the biggest thing that ever happened to the network. And like changed the way videos were played. Yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, revolutionized what music videos would be. Even in MTV in its early infancy, you know. So pretty interesting um, origin story, I guess, for the video. And Michael then the wiki, what, what's that? That took Michael to do it. Yeah, yeah, fucking dude. He's just fucking, like I said, it's unreal. And like, and again, like I wrote all this without thinking about that indie filmmaking thing. Like the fact that, you know, 150K is what he spent. Sure, if CBS would have done it, it would have been more than that, I'm, I imagine. I get that. But like still, you know, like, I don't know. Just, uh, just There's just so much interesting shit about him and, and I, it's just crazy it's just crazy how fucking nuanced and i part of it is yeah every fucking you know and any musician of that time probably has crazy ass stories like this it was just his he was such a thing that they became public in some way shape or form and you we have these like really intimate and it's surprising to see that like you had to do with that like you you were a star when you were like six like they right, discovered exactly. you like how, how did your you whole, have to deal fucking, with anything yeah your whole yeah, yeah, like, like, your whole family is yeah. a fucking walking, talking platinum record. Like, like, well, how the fuck did you have to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Uh, so anyways, this story is not about a PI. <laughs> the PI is actually a paparazzi. Mike is simply avoiding the paparazzi throughout the video. That's the only, that's, that's the whole, gotcha. that's the dynamic. And the cops taking him away at the end is just because he's spying on Mike. It's like super, you know, I don't know. Like it, we're like trying to slice it up in this like, oh, what the fuck do you know? And it's like a super, I think it's easily his most surface level video. You know what I mean? With the exception of maybe that, yeah, even like I said, I, I was able to discern a, like a message even in that concert video for another part of me. But this is just, it's very straightforward. It's like, I'm a superstar and I got to deal with dumb shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? She thinks like, I'm the father, I'm not the father. That's what it is. Right, you know? exactly. Like, right, people yeah. taking so, pictures of me. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just funny to be like, the one that I was, I, I don't know, that I spent the most time trying to dissect basically was one of the one that by his own admission had the least to say. So, But yeah, like, but, like, if you're nine or 10, like, are you... You're not thinking about pop like oh they think he's the father like no you're not thinking about that like what is that that looks like Inspector Gadget Spyco like who's that guy <laughs> 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 Inspector Gadget yeah that's worth noting that the that the paparazzi spy that's, spy that's why I thought exactly that's why I thought he was a fucking some sort of like something that was like I don't know I don't know I don't know what the not not uh, 
law enforcement, but like something in that realm, you yeah. know, like some sort of trained something because he looks like Inspector Gadget. Like <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Gadget. <sighs> I can't even. I, can't even <laughs> I just <laughs> go, go, Gadget Arms. That's all I need about now. Exactly. Like, <sighs> I feel like he has, like, what the, there's like a thing stuck in his, uh, ah, whatever. <laughs> Gadget. I don't remember well enough to think of what I'm trying to say, but it's fucking uh, yeah, funny, funny. A little special. card in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I don't think it's, maybe that's not Inspector Gadget. Uh, maybe that's like fucking Alice in Wonderland or something. I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, so Moonwalker, the video game, Caverns, right? Uh, so 80 Katies here are 80, eight of them in in the first phase of the cavern, and this is a very well lit cavern with a very serious arachnid problem. There are huge spider webs everywhere with spiders to populate them, of course. There's a few huge webs that will impede your movement speed when you're walking behind slash through them. And there's a cool-looking natural spring coming out of the cave wall in the lower right of it. And it reminded me of how great water often looks in the Genesis. Like, it's really Yeah, cool. very flickery and stuff. You're like, yeah, yep. Yeah. It, uh, the, there's another early game that I don't think we've... Yeah, it's not quite out yet, but... We will talk about it for sure when it is Spider-Man. And there's like I the water in that is cool. You get you can like yeah. There's there's a the first stage is Sandman and or against Sandman and that's how you beat him. The boss battle is by opening up a fire hydrant in the water, hitting them and stuff. You know so and there's also sewers you go through for the lizard or what's that? What's the the chameleon? What's the Spider-Man lizard? King Mr. Lizard? lizard? Something is like that. that. I don't even remember now. Yeah. Some sort of lizard, though. The, sci- the scientist that becomes the lizard, uh, his his level is in the, the sewers, so you get some water down there. And I just, for some reason, that, I don't know, I don't, I, I prior to playing this, I did not think to myself, like, Spider-Man is a fucking, you know, like a groundbreaking demonstration of water animation. But, like, for some reason, I kept thinking of that when I was looking at this. So it, it must have had some impression on me as a child. Uh, well, it's such. funny, though, because this water actually... I wasn't sure about it looking at it because the way that it's so bright, it's kind of like, am I going to like die if I step in that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is something going to happen? Is it going to well, rush that, me that, down? That's not, like, that's not the animation. Know. That's the fucking, that's water being a fucking hazard in every video game. Ever. <laughs> in every game. Yeah. But um, I mean, also because it's so like flashy yeah, and bright, like I was right, kind of yeah. like, this, this is unique. Like, 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 a, like, like a colorful amphibian, you know, to stay away from it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm very cautious here. Yeah. Yeah. They introduce a completely new logistics mechanic here with the cobweb cluttered caves you can enter that you take, like they take you to completely different areas as opposed to, you know, previously we just like open a bush or open a door or whatever. And that's where the caves are. In this case, you go into these caves and it's a single screen green cave. And inside those, they have zombies, SWAT fucks, which is weird as fuck. Right? It's like the SWAT fucks down here at all is weird, but whatever. Fucking video game. Uh, So those are in here. And then there's also Katie's to be found in there. And there's some environment. Sometimes you get environmental stuff too they have uh the pointed rock shards that fall from the ceilings at these and are they stalagmites or stalactites <laughs> don't they have both on this or just the just the mites i think they have just the mites here nope tights fall from the ceiling nope. jay what'd you say tights fall from the ceiling ah <laughs> <sighs> I, I have to Google it every time, too. Dude. I'm like, I love stalactites, but I feel like it's the one that I do. I like saying stalactites, <laughs> but I feel like it's the other one. So I really I, see. I, I like I, stalagmite is a better is a more fun word to me. Stalagmite. Yeah, that's uh, hilarious, though. <laughs> uh, long running. If you're new to the pod, that's a long running. That's a long running 
pod gag there. <laughs> every time, every time, yeah, especially every, when we caves, man. This this is where things get freaking nuts from a level perspective. Like this is where I found myself just going back and forth. Like, wait, what did I miss? Oh, I didn't blast that spider thing open. Oh, I gotta go back here. Like oh, this yeah, is yeah. where it really. Yep. No, I had to, yeah. it took me a while to get the hang of it. These levels are sprawling by relatively speaking. And yeah, the going into the cave thing is, is a serious attrition problem. Like, yeah, I first came into these with a mind to clear them out, you know, because enemies are not that hard in this game. So like whenever you see an enemy, kill it. Right. Uh, in this case, I, I quickly learned that, yeah, the attrition, they were attrition bait is all they were. And I would just mm -hmm. pop in and immediately scan the environment. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the caves are not hidden, thankfully, in there. They're just out in the open sitting in these cave fucking offshoots <laughs> another weird place for katie's to be but yeah miss yeah mr pigs yeah for wanting to turn them into slaves he is he is not at all concerned about their long-term welfare he is just putting them wherever <laughs> like they'll live <laughs> their kids they'll live yeah exactly they're malleable they'll fucking make it don't worry about it <laughs> so yeah so yeah i would go in yeah quickly scan and if they're not there just get the fuck back out the door with as little enemy interaction as possible for sure yeah and so in here you also get some weird shit and are those was there the woods didn't have any of it what was stage two the streets didn't yeah okay so this is the first time you're kind of seeing this so yeah so they got these weird insignias on the walls there's there's spider insignias and it took me a while but i would eventually learn that you can do your spin thing on these to break them open and reveal more caves so you know not immediately apparent but i did figure it out and then near the spring, there's a different insignia on the wall. And it appears to me to be Mike's shoes, mid-dance, beneath the circle with a line through it, which means no dancing to me. <laughs> and that's fun, but I don't understand what it means. Like, can you, I again, not trying, I don't know why I didn't, but can you not do the special dance attack near them? Did you think to try that? or I, I didn't really pay close attention to what that was, but yeah. like to me, it's almost like, Somebody saying no dancing, and he's like, nah. Yeah. Well, yeah you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. I dance where I want. You know who I am? I bring yeah. the dance magic, you know? Uh, yeah. I even wrote down here, I wasn't going to waste life checking. Like, still being, like, ultra conservative, even though. What? Like, I don't think. Maybe I had learned. Yeah, I think I learned. This is where I, I said 4-1. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I had learned that fucking. Uh, well, I guess, no, I would learn to the end of the stage. So, I, yeah, I didn't know that getting the Katie's replenished me. So maybe, you know, I can, I can hide behind that excuse, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it does not have a cave behind it either. So I would do the little thing and, or I thought I did the little thing anyways, and that there was nothing behind it or nothing happened, you know? So like, that was weird to me. So I was like, what the fuck is this thing? You know, and just moved down with my life, but kind of like the stairs, you know, that, that would later change. By necessity. So the fun thing here with bubbles, he when so when you get the last Katie inside one of those green caves, bubbles still comes in, but you're not out in the area where the boss battle is going to be. So he's just dumbfounded. He just sits there, no point on your shoulder, doesn't do anything, you know. So I thought that was <laughs> that was me that he was idle and he didn't have any reaction to being in these caves when you when he comes in. But you go back out to the main area, and he resumes his GPS duties, and he takes you to a middle large web for a SWAT fuckhead swarm boss battle. And I died once, but there's so like there's so many that it is a pain in the ass. You can like the you can't use the left side of the screen because of that web, you know. So it's just fucking you know again an attrition situation. It's still just your usual shit. So I dusted off a second time. Did you have what was your? Did you dance? I had, I had no problems here. I mean I, I beat it on the first try. Just yeah. did the dance and then. They're still alive afterwards, just 
fighting. Yep. <laughs> Spamming left and right. Yep. That's, you know, if you want to get into criticism, the boss battle stuff is pretty... A lot of ho-hum with the boss battles. And I know, you again, we have them at the end of every round. And if you had some big, epic, unique boss battle design for every one of these, what, 15 plus 15 stages, it would have been probably a lot from a design standpoint. But yeah, they get, they get a little monotonous at times and a little nondescript. So moving yeah, to four... Definitely, sorry, definitely becomes like a war of attrition, like you said, after a while. It's like, all right, I got to just, I got to make it through. Let me get to Katie's, not yep. not die along yep. the way, pretty much. Yep. yep, just fucking survive as opposed to, like, defeat a boss. And that's a different yeah. vibe for sure, you know. I mean, and that's what would happen. I mean, I would, I would die, you know, oftentimes on the way to the boss, just stupid stuff, trying stuff. And like, ah, because I'm, I'm trying magic, you know, just to play around because it's a game. And so if I get hit and do something stupid, then I die. And it's like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. So I think they, I actually think they balance that kind of well. But yeah, there could could have been a little more variation. Yeah. So we have nine Katie's here in four two, and same came by same cave vibes. It's a really sprawling. This is easily the biggest level in the game, I think, and it's a massive pain in the ass with all the little spiders and shit. As far as the attrition stuff goes, so I had to search forever to find that last Katie, which for me was behind one of those no dancing signs that I had to See? chance yeah. into magic. I, like, dude, I didn't, I thought that's, that they didn't do anything, so I didn't try that. And I just chanced into accidentally, can you, and I, dude, I never, this did not accidentally happen all the time. Like, that was very, just beyond a stroke of luck to have happened to me, to, to, happened to try that in front of it, or have that happen in front of it and it opened up. So really? that's how, I, yeah, I found so, the last one. So you got the waterfall? For me, the waterfall was the last yeah, one. I did. That was. I, did. I, I was like on a hunch. I was like, I don't know where else to go. I've got because I because I learned on the last one. Like, yeah, I'm breaking everything. So yeah. by that time, I was like, where do I go? I is the water. Like, yeah. I didn't know what else to no, do. No, yeah, I well, for whatever reason there, I had seen enough. There was maybe it was something in the forest. I can't recall, but I I had it in my mind like I am going to try everything now. And when I saw that water, I was like, oh yeah, trying that. <laughs> and yeah, oh, yeah. I, the, okay. My first pass down there, I, I got that one for sure. That's funny. We had that different experience. <laughs> so the boss battle is a zombie spider swarm, and I lucked into a great cheese spot on the rightmost edge of the of that little platform to the left. And most of the zombie lunge attacks would just run right into my crouching attack. Magic spams from there. So I had really easy, quick work in this one. Same, I assume. Yeah, I, I had no problems. I you know, beat it on the first try. I was pretty pretty proud of myself there. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have 4-3. There are 10 KDs in this one. Most KDs ever. And the straightforward here, uh, rather straightforward design here, except the they hide one KD in the spring on the lower right. And I canvassed the whole level before that occurred. Wait, hold on. Was there? Yeah, I think you're thinking of that one. What's so that? you're right. I was think. I was think. The 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 spring one is this one. Four three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I always thought we were in four two before. Oh <laughs> no, 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 there's, no, there's a lot of difference. But yes, so yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm mis misremembering because uh yeah, it says here that I I canvassed the whole level before remembering that was the case. So yeah, in my mind I found it, but I guess not. Huh. Okay. So, anyways, uh, that's what happens when you have a game that's a lot of repetition. You know, I'll just kind of like try to podcast about it. <laughs> fucking like, nope, you're just making up memories in your head. <laughs> Boss battle is the same as the last, but they drizzle in a bunch of SWAT pricks here too. 
and it's frenzied, but at least no spiderweb bullshit to deal with. So you have a like a full screen <laughs> mobility that's kind of nice. And I hit out of the platform to the right to shield me from the zombies raining down onto my melon and just knock this one out first time. So pretty harder levels, but easier boss battles here with the cavern, I would say. I kind of like that it give you that little variation because I felt like the bosses in like the threes were like kind of tough. So two kinda, and three, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Reverse it a bit. Yep. And then round five one is the enemy hideout. Oh. Yes. That's such a great, I don't know. That's such a, somehow that is 80s to me. Enemy, enemy hideout is an 80s thing, even though it's just three words. <laughs> Well, uh, enemies gotta have hideouts, man. They don't. They don't have HQs because that's a public, like uh, headquarters are public. So you gotta have a hideout. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Especially like a gang too. It has to be a hideout. Yeah. <laughs> the track that scores the home stretch here is bad. The official video is 18 fucking minutes long. The yeah. it's yeah, it starts at a shithead private prep school. Duxton is the fictional name that is getting out of session. And just the worst of the worst rich white kids are all ecstatic about this. They're like, they're you know, and like it's a it's a prep school. It's not a college, even though at first I wasn't sure. It is a prep school. So, you know, they're supposed to, they don't, you know, they look like they're 25, but right. they, <laughs> but they're supposed to be 17, maybe 18. So they're still kids, but their behavior is just, just fucking gross. You know, they're like yeah. jumping around and like fucking, you know, you, you know, they, it's not happening, but they, it should be happening. They should be riding the banister down the fucking stairwell, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just like, it's just, you know, like really over the top schools out shit. At least I think they're all white. Actually, you can't tell. The, the, this part is in like a blue-hued monochrome that kind of makes it difficult to tell. But none of them are darker than Mike, for sure. There, there was there was one Asian maybe in like the first three, I think, slipped out okay. of there. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> there is, and you have to assume the Hispanic guy that we that he interacts with on the subway is also there, but I don't remember seeing him. So Yeah, he's, he's, uh, at, he's at school somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, yes, yeah, so... One of the white kids stops Mike, definitively white, stops Mike on the way out and stammers through telling him he's proud of him. And like, I didn't, I got a hand it to him because I didn't know how to interpret that. Ever. I didn't know, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get the intent of that, which is how that should play. You know, it should not, if, if that was grossly apparent, what its intent was there. And you're kind of looking like maybe you still don't know, but the, yeah, the, I did not get it at first. And, and to that, I, or for that rather, I applauded. But Mike hops on a uh, yeah he hops on a train to NYC where the frat boys continue to party there behind him and at one point they, there's this thing where they're stuffing popcorn down his shirt and they're like a really really fucking weird moment like real weird directorial decision especially when you find out more about this it's extra weird to me that like a good accomplished director chose to keep this or use it or whatever it's fucking weird to me but they slowly thin out as the train makes its way down from wherever the fuck it's coming and uh, rolls into Grand Central Station. And towards the very end, it's just, and again, I also didn't know how to interpret this, which is, this is good directing and good storytelling and good filmmaking. You get this one that's still on the train suspiciously eyeing him. And I expected this to be some, turn into something contentious, you know? Right. So, 
Yeah, good job <laughs> so of, of happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good job of of like you know keeping you on your toes storytelling wise. And then we move to the subway where we pan across the many walks of life that sit by side by side on the NYC subway system, and we land on Mike and this dude sitting next to each other, and he's Hispanic, and their dialogue is clearly trying to highlight how out of place the two of them feel with all the rich kids at school. And so that's like, they do this by comparing how many of the white kids told them they were proud of them on the way home, you know, which was again, then kind of illuminates what the, 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 that moment at the stairwell as they're leaving is about, you know, so pretty good reveal of that, I think. And then, so now Mike walks through the street in the hood, probably Harlem, I would guess before he gets to his stoop where Wesley Fucking Snipes is waiting for him with a couple other dudes. And this is pre-New Jack Wesley, pre-Major League Wesley even. D- dive a little deeper on this. And Wesley's very first credit is a spot in one 1984 episode of, drumroll, All My Children. Uh, oh, and yes. And it, yeah, yeah, it's on the tube because everything is. And it's pretty fucking entertaining. He plays a jealous, maybe abusive boyfriend of some girl and ends up getting knocked out in a bar fight. So it's just a one-episode deal, and the link to that is in the show notes if you want to burn up that four minutes of your life. And it never ceases to amaze me how many actors started on soaps, and it's just wild to think that I got to dick around in that same studio on 66th with, like, that all those fucking people got to dick around in, you know, for just an episode or two. It's, uh, I mean, I, I was there for a while, but fucking, you know, that they so many people passed through that just for one or two fucking days, you know, it's just crazy. Fucking wild business. So I found an interview on Conan with him where he claims he beat out Prince for this fucking role. Jay, did you come across this? Yes. No. Yes. Prince was up for this role and maybe even had it. I'm guessing, you know, it's Wesley telling the story. So there's that level of whatever. But I'm guessing it's probably more Prince was unavailable, (laughs) you know, uh, because Prince had to do Princeship. But However the case, Prince was in, you know, up for the role at some point or another, and it ends up going to Wesley. Wesley also tells in that same interview that Mike really thought he was in a gang, that Mike really thought Wesley was in a gang, you know? So, (laughs) that's so funny. Yeah, it's so good. And like, I uh, I guess slow reveal of the story. Mike heads inside, uh, as far as getting back to the video, he heads inside the building after a quick little interaction with the stoop, uh, stoop guys. And he finds a note from his mom telling him that there's a Sammy in the fridge and she'll be home from work later. So he then stands at the window and he eyes what looks like a crack house or burnout fucking hood building uh, across across the street. And then a title overlay informs you that Martin fucking Scorsese directed this I had no idea. I had no fucking idea. I was like, what? Yes. Fucking wild. So that's why I said about the popcorn thing. Like the fact that Martin Scorsese left that in is wild to me. You know, I don't know. But there's some, there's also a lot of good directing stuff in here too, I think. So whatever. Can't win them all. And he heads over there to hang out with Wesley and the boys. I guess it's their spot or something. And he, uh, which gets him into a progressively hairier situation with them that culminates into Wesley acting fucking circles around Mike in a confrontation scene or sequence where the two of them are arguing about whether Mike's bad or not, you know? Uh, yeah. Fucking Wesley is just fucking crushing it. It's fucking it's really, <laughs> really, 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 really good performance uh, out of Wesley there. I thought, and especially to be acting with Mike, it's gotta be weird, you know? <laughs> so then they start dancing in the subway station because eighties and Michael Jackson. And I would just, yeah, I would, this is where I really start to 
uh, thought to myself, like, I would just love to have about a dozen tequilas with Snipes and then ask him what he really thought about this and Mike happening in front of him in a subway station. It had to just be an unreal experience, you know. It just had to be so fucking crazy, this whole thing with the – I mean, he's in the they're, – they're, they, like, you know, hop the turnstiles, and then they're on – this actually happened, uh, Jay, in – I don't know if you clocked this night. It was in the Hoyt Schirmerhorn station in Brooklyn, which I yeah. absolutely have been to – or have been to, rather. And it was shot over six weeks in Brooklyn in the late 86. And Wesley even says in the interview on Conan that – or one of the – some interview – and – that I was watching and that it was supposed to be a week. He was booked for a week originally and it ended up being six weeks. So, you know, how just did that even happen? Film it, filmmaking, you know, she's fucking Mike's probably like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And like, you know, he talks, his snipes talks about like, he's like, dude, that dude, like he rehearsed the way he performed. Like we are, that's why it took six weeks. Cause we're like, we are rehearsing. And then, you know, it's an 18 minute video. So uh, some of it's narrative, but a lot of it's the fucking song and crazy choreography. And, uh, he's like, yeah, it was fucking, I mean, that shit like took fucking forever. We fucking rehearsed that into the ground. And that dude was hundred percent the entire fucking time. And he's like, and if anyone fucking else wasn't hundred percent, they either got sent home or we're doing it again or both. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, he's like, it was a fucking, it was a deal, you know? And like, yeah, that's the, you know, like Mike's or not Mike, uh, well, Snipes isn't exactly, he's not dancing with them really. There's like, they get, there's a little right. bit of a moment, but they're not really dancing. He's like, he's like, but I had to be there for a lot of that shit. He's like, I just couldn't believe it. He's like, it taught me a lot about rehearsal. It taught me about like really immersing yourself in things. He's like, it changed the way I approached my, the rest of my career, hands down working with him wow. watching, watching how serious he was about performing, you know? And even though it was a different medium, uh, he's, yeah, it was fucking wild. So yeah, fucking great, def, phenomenal video to fucking check out if you haven't seen it. Oh my god, fucking look it up. Really interesting. If only to watch Wesley that early, you know that that young. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, so oh yeah, the video game. We're playing a video game, <laughs> not watching Michael Jackson videos. The, and like I, I, it's forty two minutes or was it? Yeah, forty three minutes maybe. I, I put the whole. I made the playlist as I was going, so I posted the playlist on our on the Facebook page. And yeah, cumulatively, it's like forty two minutes of of footage for five songs. That's that's how intense Michael Jackson music video production is. You know, like it's not it was yeah. a thing, man. He, it he, was a production. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. He had to have enjoyed. I mean, clearly, you know, he made that movie like he was clearly geared towards, you know, any form of performance. It was, it was not just music that he loved. He loved fucking performing and yep. telling a story of any kind, uh, however he could do it. So that's very apparent in his work. So the enemy hideout is, you know, the name. So the enemy has been, and this is where you kind of learn this, I guess. It's not, they seem to me prior to this as just the random things he was fighting at times. But the SWAT guys are the fucking everywhere. They're the they're the things on the cover. I made the realization here. Like they are the the group, you know, that are uh, you're up against. So those are fucking everywhere here. And we have nine Katie's to find, mostly hidden behind these small garage door style doors that you open up doing your little spin reveal in front of. Uh, the, they have hardwired keypads next to them that you have to do the spin move on and then the door opens. So that's just an interesting little piece of variance that is is here. And there are also a few in the storage containers where tie bombs are also found. So you kind of get that car trunk mechanic here too. And then most importantly, and I knew they'd be fucking somewhere in this game, there are fucking mainframes! 
<laughs> as you can see behind me. And they are apex tier mainframes, too. They have two screens on them, one with a parabola because math equations and other <laughs> shit uh, <laughs> have to be on mainframes, you know. And yes. there's also a map on the, I think, anyways, that, that's a screen with a map to the on, on the right screen. And there are just so many lights and buttons. And... <laughs> God, I just fucking love it, dude. I love Mainframes do equations. That's uh, what they, they are, yeah. They, you have to they control comu stuff. Major computations are happening on these things, these these units. So <laughs> yeah, and so many of them are assigned one of these SWAT guys, right? And the animation for these dudes is as they're <laughs> hacking just... into these things are fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, they're like it's just you know they're not so their back is to the player BOV, right? So they're just immersed in dealing with this machine and they're just flailing their arms around in every direction <laughs> all over the machine trying to get a handle on operating this thing right like achieving whatever computing goal hey, this is put. highly technical work Josh. this requires very much focus you don't even know man yeah all you know, my have hands... you ever maintained a mainframe Come on. <laughs> right, yeah like like you 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 watch it and you want him to have to lift one of his legs to hit one of the switches <laughs> or something because he just doesn't have enough hands to keep up, right? So yeah, it just requires yeah, just too many toggles and dials and buttons and shit for them <laughs> ever to be able to to achieve what they're trying to achieve uh, without some help, you know. So it's just oh, I was just laughing my fucking ass off while I played this level, and I I my boss battle video is all three of these levels. So it's you I am just you can see me dying fucking uh, when I find these. I was so pleased. It was great. Uh, see, I had to make a GIF out of it. It's like, it, I, I can die a happy man now. It's the perfect GIF. It's the perfect GIF. And I didn't even intend to have that spark passing through because that's like these mainframes, the way they they work, a lot of them, not not all of them, but some of them run things, environmental dangers. And one of those dangers is this these cords that wrap along the walls and the cords get like that spark in them. It, 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 it reminded me so much of the train boss in shinobi if you remember the spark on those it just oh, it was yeah. like the same exact concept to me you know like it's all i could think of when i saw them but they're causing those to happen and the gif shot i got or the, the 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 part the video part i chose to use for this that actually got like mike not in the way and other enemies not fucking with them uh, and them actually operating the machine long enough to get that hilarious animation going just happens to have one of the sparks pass through the frame in its entirety as it's going and it's just it's just the perfect like <laughs> oscillation for a gif it was just it's such a perfect gif it's so good <laughs> so fucking good ah oh, great love having that in my fucking collection now i can't wait to fucking just use that as a communication medium no one's gonna know what it means <laughs> it's just me enjoying new something. merch coming mainframe maintain <laughs> the mainframe trademark right here yep it's uh I, i'll put the link to it in the show notes if you want to download it i have it on on the isoh fucking google drive so you can fucking download it if you want it for your fucking gif collection it's great <laughs> <laughs> so there are also massive magnetic tape reel-to-reel -reel machines but those pale in comparison to the coolness of the fucking mainframes both machines can be destroyed though via mic kick and doing so sometimes has the purpose of stopping yeah the electrical charge that can be the hazard so of benefit to blow them all up. And I kind of thought maybe I'd find fucking Katie's in them at some point too. So I was just, again, just do everything yeah. you do in every level until you have all the Katie's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So easily the shittiest part of the level and the next are the ceiling mounted laser turrets that are also here and they can only fire at 45 degree angles and straight down. Thank baby Jesus, but they still are fucking awful to deal with. And you can, you can get up there and you can knock them off the ceiling so they can be destroyed. In most cases, anyways, you can get to them and they really get to be a pain uh, on the conveyor belt areas where you, you lose some of your forward moving mobility and you're kind of stuck at times. There's multiple coming at yep. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fucking huge pain in the ass. <laughs> and it's like conveyor belts too, in general, are just one of the worst action platforming conventions of all time. So, you know, it's just one click below ice levels, I would I would call them. And but I, I mean it it made for, you know, an increase in difficulty. Yeah. Step up. We're on we're on the fifth world. Yeah. So Yep. Fair, fair, sense. but annoying. <laughs> yes, definitely. So it took me a while, but I'd eventually figure out those raised areas on the floor were teleportation devices. Did that, was that immediately apparent to you? Yeah, I because I just kind of I was walking around looking for Katie's. I'm like, what do I do? And I, I can't remember what kind of made me try it. I just kind of jumped on it because, first of all, because you can jump on everything in this game. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a pool table or a piano or something that makes sounds. I was kind of just like, oh, let me jump on this. And Same. so it was like, oh. So after that, I kind of stopped smashing mainframes because I was afraid it would stop me from being able to teleport, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's fucking great. Uh, never I thought it would break the connection. You never know. You never that, know. That's, that's funny. That would be great that, yeah, if you could really fuck yourself, that would be such a, like a ugh, knife turn fucking yeah. video retro gaming Start design over. choice. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. You know, that didn't, that didn't occur to me. So yeah, I, I found them because, so there's that part of the stage in the top right where it's just a little platform up there with a Katie on it, you can see. That's you know? the only way you can get to it. You right, exactly. Yeah. So I looked at that. I was like, I, you even, I, in my video, you can hear me say, I'm, I'm like, why the fuck do you get there? <laughs> oh, I, tried, I tried a good five jumps. I was like, yeah, I can't, I can jump and I can't reach that. Therefore. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, that's what sent me this checking things that yeah, I found it that and they have a pretty cool animation for those too that there's like a blue set of rings that surround you as you disappear and move you know so I mean, that's, well that's done what teleportation looks like right <laughs> yeah especially we all know 19... what it looks like yeah 1990 that's exactly how it looked for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's like Star Trek same thing yeah, blue light right, yeah, coming yeah. Up, you know? yep 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 that's exactly what I thought as well so the boss battle is just a normal SWAT fuck swarm at one of the mainframes. And, you know, I just like, you know, role play that in my mind. Like, he's at the mainframe. Get him is what I envision only the SWAT <laughs> guy saying, you know, when, when, uh, when, when fucking at the beginning of this battle. Uh, I smoked their asses on the first go round, though. They were pretty easy. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't ever really pay attention to my finish times until pretty much now. But I did notice at this point, I was like, wow, I finished this with like a, a minute left on like the. Yeah, I, yeah I know. Yeah, I stopped paying attention. I know I thought about them at right first because I'm like hyper analyzing for the 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 game flow uh, notes and stuff. But yeah, I'd stopped thinking about it. And here I noticed I was like, oh wow, I'm surprisingly beating that under the yeah. The, so they must have <laughs> they're too high. I think then is, is the answer to that. If we're like, <laughs> especially because like, again, I'm going around and like over fucking checking shit, you know, for for notes and stuff. So the fact that I'm doing that and still beating the level under the amount means too high. <laughs> <laughs> Rebalance need uh, go back Sega immediately fix it. Uh, so the enemy around five two rather the enemy hideout is the same vibe ten Katie's though and it's just more chaotic I would say same thing just more chaotic and there's more dudes more guns and more fucking mainframes they do add automated trap doors that will drop you down to the level below which is a real pain in the ass if you yes. have happened to you and you're just kind of jumping around trying to navigate this mess and you fall through one of those it's definitely a fuck you and you're like oh I'm gonna lose some life getting back up there I hope I find another Katie to replenish it. 
Um, but yeah, well. not Same yeah, thing, not. But I, I still finished it two minutes early. So even with all <laughs> <Okay>. that said, <laughs> word. So yeah, Bubbles takes you to a conveyor belt area for the boss battle, where three SWAT dudes in green man bodysuits jump out and attack both sides of you. And it's not easy, but I was able to pin them to the right side of the screen and cheese them into oblivion with about half my life bar uh, left in the first go round. Yeah, they like jump back out, and you can kind of just fucking hit them as they're coming down before they can do any attacking. Yeah. That so was not, pretty intuitive, you know. Yeah. I feel yeah. like. So moving into what would probably be the last stage, round five, three, the enemy hideout. You start with the same vibe, but you find you're just below street level and need to take an elevator up to the buildings above. So you're like, you, you emerge out of the enemy hideout now into what is, you will find out later, like you're like in this like canyon, you know, this, this fully enveloped can, canyon where their hideout is with these fucking skyscrapers, which is a weird thing to do for a hideout. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the, then the canyon's purple too. The rock is purple, which is kind of cool and makes for a cool visual. There are 10 KDs just sitting around up here on the open they have to find. But other than some mildly annoying platforming required, it's just your regular SWAT dudes everywhere standing between you and your beloved KDs. So Bubbles takes you to ground level where you are swarmed by those green man suit dudes. And just as you think to yourself, oh, fuck, how am I going to deal with this? <laughs> Everything freezes. And then, what? yes, one of those robot meteors comes barreling down at you and you can't avoid it. It's hitting you no matter what because you freeze. <laughs> so uh, the robot shit happens. And I guess, well, that was your first time. I mean, you kind of touched on it, but I, yeah, what the how, you know. I was Especially just so shocked. I saw I saw that thing coming, and like I knew what it was. So that's like a different, you know, thing. I guess different experience than well, being the first time. To me, it's the same thing that the Katie's right on, right? So like I, I see that, and I just think, whenever I see that, I think, okay, I'm getting more, I'm getting more magic. Great, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's just what I think, and then all of a sudden it's like, what is happening? I'm a giant robot. So uh, to me, it was perfect timing because I was able to just destroy everything and. You know, I think so I did, even it may have even happened towards the end of my Katie time because I never I never even had the experience of, oh, I'm not able to hit, grab any Katie's now. I just was able to smash. No, yeah, I think you got to get all the Katie's first. OK, because then, yeah, Bubbles takes you to the to that. So, yeah, you got to. I, I didn't know. Again, I didn't know how it happened to me. It just happened. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, yeah. I don't know if there was a triggering event or. If so. I so did you. Succeed in killing all the guys the first time, then. Pretty sure, yeah. Really? See, I did not. I wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, no, I definitely died on this level. I definitely had to try this level more than once. Okay. Yeah, because the even this is again, this is how I learned that it wasn't time that you you could take damage and clearly die as a result. So yeah, like the. Like, I had to learn, like, the second or third pass that I need to stay out in the open. Like, you need to, like, get out over one of those canyon rock gap things between the buildings because you can't fly through the buildings or the – you can't fly through the platforms and the railings and stuff. So mm. if you get trapped in those little areas as the robot, he's so immobile, you know, that you fucking – you can – those things just keep jumping at you constantly so you get fragged pretty easily. So, yeah, if you stay out in the open, though, and they can't hit you with their jumps – it become they become sitting ducks as they fall past you. You can just fly back and forth and avoid them and shoot them with with the uh, I beams uh, going down. You know, so yeah. And there are a lot of these fucking dudes. You gotta, you, yeah, you know, it is just 
survive basically you just keep fucking avoiding them and just kill them as you see them and eventually they stop coming and explosions happen over happen all over at the end of the uh at the all of the screen and then you know i don't know end of game i think as <laughs> you know like that, that happened and i was like oh fuck that's it okay uh, game over like cool you know and it cuts from that to text on a black card and it says congratulations you've defeated all of mr big's henchmen you've escaped from the traps mr big set for you you rescued all the children mr big kidnapped and i was like holy shit that's in the game you gotta be kidding me and then it cuts from that to another card that says now it's time for the final challenge you versus mr big and i was like ah oh, fucking yes okay great. yes yeah yeah i, I was I, I definitely i was riding the emotional fucking roller coaster there at the, at the end of this <laughs> don't you know, let me like, down mike yeah like don't happy i beat down. it like oh shit that's it oh fuck oh great cool okay there's something cool to happen to so <laughs> so it goes from that and it fades to a cutscene. the mountain hideout exploding and out of which or out of that rather a spaceship flies that you can infer as being mr biggs mm -hmm. Followed by Mike in, or should I say, as maybe as the ship? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his his flying ship, uh, or flying car rather. And then a text overlay says, "Michael's battle plane, round six or round six, Michael's battle plane." And I just I fucking love Sega, man. They're so fucking out there, <laughs> like Michael's battle plane. Like what the fuck? What the hell kind of final level name is that? You know, just crazy. Because Michael needs a way to like like if the dude flies away, what's Michael gonna do? He needs a way. Like, yeah, yeah. how are we going to get there? Yeah, so his battle plane, of course. <laughs> he probably had one in real life, too. We just don't know about it. And, yeah, so you are then playing a cockpit POV flight simulator in space. And I don't know if you caught that video I posted or did I even post it? Yeah, maybe not. I lost my fucking mind when this came on screen, dude. I lost my fucking mind. The exact words in my boss battle vid are, <laughs> what the fuck is this game? What in the fuck is this game? Are you fucking serious? What in the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I just lost my fucking mind. I could not fucking believe that I was playing a first-person cockpit simulator fucking flight simulator game. I just could not believe that that happened. Dude, Next. Same it, thing. I'm like, what I, What happened? Like, it took me a while, several tries to get used to what was happening. Oh, yeah. Like, well, dude, I'm, yes, I'm exactly, now? yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, there's no, like, get-your-feet-wet thing. It's just you are immediately inundated with enemy ships flying at you, so you don't have time to acclimate yourself to the UI, which is super fucking important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're, yeah, you're just immediately trying to survive, and you don't even know what your target is. So, yeah, it took me forever to figure out the doodads on the hood because, yes, I am, like, trying to fucking yeah. deal with this shit, you know, <laughs> and there's, like, I, I mean, you probably... probably and shoot and, like, Nothing's happening. You're not right. <laughs> I don't know what my goal is. Yeah, I died probably a dozen times before I realized that that was a radar on the right of the HUD yep. there. And only moments before that did I gather that I was hunting for Mr. Big's green ship in the mess of grunt ships that are flying around, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm playing this and I'm just like, yeah, there's there's just a whole sequence. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably only 10 minutes or something, but there's probably a sequence of me just like, what in the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to be doing here, man? Like, nothing's fucking, what the fuck? You know, just like total frustration, yeah. not understanding, you know, like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Oh, God. So, yeah, there, there's like, so as far as the HUD goes, there's like, there's a really rudimentary motion cap stuff, like Mortal Kombat type motion cap of this dude's head, Mr. Big's head, on uh, a little red screen on the left and it's uh, the screen like when you first start the level you don't notice it because you're when you first start the game because right. you're fucking you're flying you're, you're flying and fucking getting hammered immediately so you don't know what it says it but it says tv comlink 
before his head appears. So it's telling you this is like coming from somewhere else, right? So it says that, and then Mr. Big starts talking shit to you the whole time throughout through this little screen. So like, yeah, it's funny that you can't like turn it off or anything. But it's like you just have right. to deal with Mr. Big shit talking in in your own personal battle plane. You know, is, is hilarious, but. Whatever. The message is stuff he says. It says, incoming message. Don't move. I have a surprise for you, is the first thing he says. And then he also, after that, will go, I got you. And, Michael, your time is up. And when you get hit by enemy fire, he's saying those two things. And then when you die, which happens a bunch of times, like we said, he says, goodbye, Michael. <laughs> and it's all, like, really basic bitch arch nemesis uh, dialogue. But So he's there, and, like, yeah, his face is kind of animating when he says it, you know. So it's like a, for the time, mildly technologically impressive thing going on for boss battle shit talking and i did it took me forever to realize it but above and below that is his life meter so it's these yes. there's eight units of life represented by little blue lights above and below his face that slowly go out as you hit him in, in the little fucking and you have like your like the what, you, what would you call it like a crosshair thing it's like the one of those little glass overlays that have kind of a target in them so you can you can, you know, tell what your where your bullets are going to go. So that's cool. That's there and very helpful, of course. But yeah, all this shit took me a very long fucking time yeah. to. I had out. the exact experience, the progression of like, oh, wait, this is the HUD. OK, that's how I get to him. OK. And yeah. then finally it was like, oh, those blue dots must be. Yeah. <laughs> Once it all clicked, I was like, OK, I can just focus on this guy. And yeah. then it was like. And just avoid fine. that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, until yeah. that, it was a, a lot of fire and death. <laughs> yeah, a lot of frustration. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Once I learned, yeah, it was like, yeah, the progression for me was I like I, I I saw the radar, and I had already encountered him, and like I said, just before like just before finding the radar is when I like realized that he was out there, and I think I like hit him once, and then I don't even know what catalyzes it, but at first at at some point he'll come up close to your ship, and you can see mm -hmm. him in his ship, and you can shoot him then too. And then he'll go back and you can maybe shoot him again. But he he came up and he did that and he killed me the one time. So I had had that happen to me and I come back. And then after that had happened, I knew he was out there is when I noticed the radar and the, the different color spec and like that I'm searching for that. And that like my movement in the world changed what was happening in a controlled way in the radar. Like I put that all together. And yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, like once I did that, I knew I was tracking. Like it changed the experience for sure. But it was like, yeah, it was like it was like Castlevania Dracula level frustration and like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, for <laughs> for a little bit, uh, for through some safe scum loading and shit before I got there. And yeah, it was definitely no easy, no easy boss battle. I would say. Yeah, the video is actually only eight minutes, so it's you know, it feels like so much longer when it's happened to you. And I, it, it, Dracula, actually, I mean, that took me, that did take me like 30, 40 minutes or something to beat that motherfucker. So that was harder for sure. But there is a learning curve to this, and and, and, you know, and, I, and I applaud them too because if they give you any of that information in the manual, anything, and you know, any idiot, can, any video game player can figure this out. It's not hard. It yeah. just takes experimentation and some experience and some, you know. You should have like that. I always say that. I, I always fucking the boss battle should have progress to it. You know, you should feel incremental. And I think that was good. Yeah. I think yeah. that was a good use of it. It. I, yeah. I think you're right. If you kind of laid that out in the manual, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have landed the same. It'd be, yeah. you know what I mean? I, yeah. it, the fact that you were thrown into thrown into it, like, 
what is happening and then <laughs> have to figure it out on your own i think yep. that was the right experience yep agreed 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 so however long it took you what would you say your time was i don't know it seemed just just the boss battle itself yeah uh maybe i don't know i probably i probably tried it a good uh, eight times eight to ten times before i finally like locked in and i was like okay now i got it like once once i locked in maybe it took me like two tries to like two or three to like okay you're done now i would say me too i i'd have to go back and and watch the video to know for sure but yeah i would say about the same so yeah probably a little under 10 minutes pretty pretty similar to mine i would say yeah well when you do get his ass his little shithead digitized face grimaces on your (laughs) tv com link there and the incoming message is a simple no as the ship blows up and i was completely surprised by finishing dude like genuine shock like when he died yeah i I don't think i was watching the 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 fucking bullet for the meter the the meter yeah so yeah i i it i was genuine shock when it happens uh it's it's pretty uh makes for good gameplay footage (laughs) and the congratulations comes up in a big bold gold lettering as we hang there for a beat before what's behind you right now basically before cutting to a view of the back of your ship uh shooting off then we cut to the end credits they start with mike and i believe people under the stairs kid moonwalking yeah yeah away (laughs) from each other and dancing on opposite sides of the screen while the text crawls upward between them which was i think a really cool touch and it's scored by bad also which is a little bit of a bummer we didn't get another mike song but Five's pretty good. And there are a lot of pseudonames in what is a relatively large development team for the time, I'd say. And Al Nielsen make an appearance. Al Nielsen makes an appearance with a special thanks just before Mike's closing game concept and design by credit. And that's like I said, that you know, concept and design credit. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if think about it though, if he approached them. A, you're taking that call and you're absolutely taking that project. And and B, yes, you can absolutely be involved in this. Like, trust us, but we will hear your vision. Like, they, whoever do, was do behind he, this, these people, he, now, he, Al he, Nielsen, they, they made it work. They yeah. figured it out. Well, I, th- yeah. I think Al Nielsen just brokered their relationship. I, I, I wouldn't expect that, that Nielsen maybe had, I mean, you know, whatever. He, he was a bigwig, so he probably had, he, he, they probably ran shit by him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, do you really think... There's clearly no way to know, but the do you, I mean, do you really think that you know, you, you said use the word vision. Vision is a big word, bro. Vision, <laughs> vision is a really big word that has a lot to do with the like. Because I, I just feel like I feel like it's impossible because I don't feel like video games are enough of a thing yet, especially for someone that outside of reality, Michael. I mean, living outside of reality that like. You know the idea of like a layman conceiving video game concept. It's been like a it's been like a decade. Like if you think about the Atari games and all that. Like sure, sure, sure. But they're they're like, not an everyday part of life yet, though, dude. They're just not. We have, maybe we've, they are though. Like we're we're talking nineteen ninety. Like the Nintendo, they're not, the they're NES. Not. We know we've had long N- conversations. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. We're talking about a superstar who who money is not an issue. You think he doesn't have a Nintendo and a. And yeah, but home. you think he has time to actually play it? And I, you know, dude, yes, he's a, I, I don't know. And he is. Okay, you know. but we're, we're talking about Michael Jackson, the exactly. man who, yes, yeah. who won, yeah. who like misses his childhood. You know what I mean? Because he was working Jackson 5, all that. So like as an adult, yeah, yeah he's making he money and stuff. Did. But 
I, I would ex- expect him to be. He's got a freaking yeah. ranch. You know he's spending some time <laughs> playing some games. Yeah, you know he's like, got some. You know he's got some games with the ranch. Like, like he's, I, I, I imagine probably better at Nintendo than we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly imagine him like with his own arcade cabinet at Neverland Ranch or wherever and playing it, just being like, "I need my own game. This would be dope." And calling up Sega, and they're like, <laughs> "Let's make this happen." You know what I mean? That's probably why the Sega arcade version is like multiplayer beat 'em up. Like, like you want it to be because he's like, Yeah, here I am. Here's what you know what I mean. And they just like developed it into a little more of a story type of thing for for the home console, yeah. You well, know? a lot more, like I said, a lot more of the story. I think, I think there's a lot more, yeah. uh, a lot of a story here. Probably, <laughs> you're, you're, you may be right. Uh, it's that's that's debating conjecture there. So he whips out the, the credits finish and he whips out his hat, uh, out on top of the end coming into place, center mass above your final score, gives us one more. Ooh! With his closing <laughs> dance move, and my meaningless save some score was four hundred thirty-four thousand five hundred eighty uh, points. Did you jot yours down by chance, Jay? Yeah, mine was four hundred three. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, it's pretty close. The Aloric disciples will will never forgive us for for saves coming our way through it, probably, and and, and trying to tout that score or <laughs> <laughs> those scores. So, yay! That is Moonwalker on the Sega Genesis. That is the Mr. Big theme, bringing us into the verdict, the most least suspenseful one, I think, in recent memory. Uh, maybe, probably ever. Yeah. Yee-hee-hee! Of course it fucking gets a blessing. I mean, what the fuck? This game is absolutely fucking bananas in the best possible way. It's fucking mainframes, chimpanzees, Michael Jackson, chiptune tracks, you name it, it's in here. There's nothing to fucking ask for. <laughs> game design-wise, you couldn't, there's nothing more to ask for in the 16-bit era. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, the the only the only thing you could ask for is an arcade experience where we're multiplayer co-oping. Like, I, I want that now. Like, I, I gotta find that. <laughs> that. Yeah, that was yeah. That yeah. If you want to make a, you know, like a fan mod or something, this is this would be a great game. Maybe it's out there. Maybe I didn't I didn't Google that. I guess. But yeah, a fucking couch co-op. And obviously, it's like I want you know, I don't want just. It would be easy hack, I'm sure, to just add two players that can simultaneously play in these same levels. Like, I want. And I want to play a game in the same universe that's accounted for accounting for the cooperative effort now, you know. Yes. And 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 I even want it, I even want it to be I want I want one of us to be able to control bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're getting crazy. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sure uh, we can make it happen. Yeah, Somebody yeah. can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking. That's the next step. That's the next step in human evolution. Is um, Michael Jackson's The Moonwalker, where I can control bubbles cooperatively with Michael. That's the next step. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just not much to discuss, man. Like, if you must, you could say that the controls are not the best. Those stairs suck ass for me. Apparently, that's a unique problem that everyone has. Uh, that's surprising as fuck for me to hear. But but it even had unique controls we didn't even talk about. Like, there was one part early on where I had to do a swing technique just to jump up. Like, I, I don't know. Clearly, I watch videos of people have to do to make jumps, and I just missed that way. So early on, probably, like, level swing? What do you three, mean swing? one. So there are platforms where I could not jump up high enough. So I would jump up to the platform, swing, and do like a launching. You would like launch yourself. I was I meant to bring it up earlier, 
and I completely forgot, but there, I had to use it twice. And clearly, you didn't have to watching other playthroughs. Yeah. But I felt like I couldn't make certain jumps, so I would use this like pla- as long as you had a platform. Yeah, you there swing were swing under it and like launch yourself. The woods had fucked up platforming parts for yeah. sure that where you would have to jump yeah, up that's higher right, and jump down. Too. Yeah. So yeah, I know I didn't know I could do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so what's the mechanic? Say it again. The, so yeah, swing, you like so- jump up. And like he's like, it's like he's hanging and does like a little swing. And if you press over in the right button, he like launches it almost like slingshots yourself up. And oh like, so God. you can jump way higher. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hidden mechanics, yeah. man. Try it again. Yeah. Well, it's like the robot. I'm sure, you know, there's got to be more instances of those robot things that we didn't fucking find or this, use. I, this playthrough had like, he, he morphed like five times. I'm like, how did you? <laughs> you know? I didn't even start mine. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Okay, yeah, I'm like, yeah, the, yeah, the control is a little weird at times, but other than that, I mean, the graphics are good. Music is fucking incredible, of course. A lot of great of voice samples. Uh, there's probably, I mean, you know, we talked about it a little bit. There's like, you get into some little bit of inoriginality in at times with the SWAT dudes than I would have liked, the bosses. But, I mean, there's plenty of unique baddies, too. The nightclub wise guys, street punk yeah. zombies, dancing Dobermans. There's a lot of unique, interesting shit in here, too. So, I don't think you can criticize it for that either. I mean, Pretty simple. You play it, you'll have fun. If you can even remember what getting that feeling from a video game feels like, fun. That can be will be had here, I promise you, if you play it. So, yeah, it's fucking gets the blessing with a, a resounding yee Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm assuming. Did you actually say it? You gotta say it, Jay. Yes. There's four Absolutely. Give it the blessing. Okay. Confirmed. Without, without question. Bestowed, bestowed. I'll put it in my spreadsheet. The, <laughs> the idea yeah, I re-upped. Uh, we went without. We didn't finish the back half of the side quest with the pick chart shit, the little charts and stuff, because they changed it to a subscription model. And I wanted so badly to do that full runtime pick the chart oh, that I yeah. paid one hundred and sixty-eight dollars for an annual subscription to pick the chart. <laughs> so, well, you'll see a lot more infographics out of me now. I think moving forward that I've, I have a subscription for one hundred and seventy dollars to fucking <laughs> to make podcast infographics. So, yeah, you'll probably see one soon about our blessing ratios. Hotness incoming. Yeah, <laughs> visuals incoming. Yeah. So next up, we're gonna do Sega Mania issue one, our wacky modern retro magazine deal. And then you can also subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever podcast platform of choice you do indulge or or any other for that matter. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes. There's the ISOH subreddit that I occasionally engage in now. Not so much. Fuck too much work. <laughs> but that does exist. And we don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that's cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. T-shirts are on the website, including the new chaos fucking uh ninja bros one and the proceeds on those after pot expenses go to able gamers uh although our pot expenses went up by 170 bucks now so gotta sell some some t-shirts to cover that and uh jay jay what are your socials gentleman jb without the second e um that's pretty much where you can find me on facebook instagram and definitely my gamer tag so look me up let me let me know where you're finding me so we can game it up Word. I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke. 
My Twitter is at Josh Folan, and you can find me on my Oculus all the fucking time at my shift key is broke also. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs>